Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm hoping you guys are hearing me okay tonight. I have a a new setup here in the studio, so I'm hoping it's coming through okay. I'm really excited uh, about being here this week. As you know, we played a workshop last week because I was off and out playing in the world, and uh, it's been a long time since I've done that. I'm really hoping that you guys enjoyed the workshop. It was absolutely amazing. I know that you did. If you weren't here last week and didn't catch it, you can go back and and listen in the archives. It's pretty amazing. Um, You know, I'm always telling you guys it's important to have, you have to have input in order to have output. You know, it's, it's like you're sitting there with a brand new computer. Unless you load things into it, it's not going to do anything. You're not going to get much out of it. And your brain's the same way. Inspiration is the same way. You have to have something going in in order for you to create different things in your writing, in your art. And that isn't always book learning. That isn't always sitting down with a pen and paper. Input is life. It is living. You know, you you sit there and you want to write something in a unique way. You want to write it, you know, in a way that no one else has written it before. And you can't do that in the imagining of it. You know, you have to go out there and get your hands dirty. You go out, have to go out there and scuff your knees and get dirty and experience things in order to write about them in in these ways that make them very personal, emotion-filled, and. Uh, this last week, I'll tell you what, you guys, seriously, this last week was pretty amazing for me. Um, it's the first trip that I've gone on this year. And I went to a place called Bohemia Mountain. And Be- Bohemia Mountain is down past Eugene in Oregon, uh, in a little near a little town called Cottage Grove, which one of my absolute favorite writers, uh, Opal Whiteley, comes from. If you haven't not read about Opal Whiteley, you should. Always read her diary first before you read any of the documentaries about her life. Do not let what people write about her life influence your opinion of her as a writer. You have to ex- introduce yourself to her first before you listen to the gossip. Opal Whiteley, amazing, amazing read. Find her diary, the original diary, not the rewrite. Her original diary written by her hand in her language and read that. It is incredible. Okay, so anyway, Cottage Grove. So I, I met a gal who has a gold claim up on Bohemia Mountain. And Bohemia Mountain in Oregon had at one time had over 200 gold claims on it, most of it hard rock, which is pretty rough work. And then right in the middle of the development of the gold, uh, gold rush there on the mountain, California gold rush came through news of it, with people saying that you can find gold nuggets as big as apples just laying on the ground. And so almost all of the miners left Bohemia Mountain in Oregon and headed down to the California gold rush because it was easy pickings. And 
So this mountain was just kind of forgot about. And there's maybe a half a dozen claims up there right now, working mines up there. And uh, I, so this girlfriend of mine, she has a gold claim, and she said, you know, come up here and you can camp and you can pan gold, and it's awesome and it's fun. And it was. It was absolutely incredible. And I actually got to do some running around on the mountain, got to go up and see some of the old mining houses and and uh, the gentleman that has a star mine up there, Dick, he gave us a tour of the uh, the buildings and and it was just I can't even tell you my brain was on freaking overload you know so all of this stuff that I experienced up there I'm going to be able to pull back on later and and use that emotion or that feeling or that imagery in things that I write had I sat at home with my nose in a book I wouldn't have that resource to pull on and and I'll tell you what you guys the mountain the the campground her her claim stands at about 1,200 feet. And the top of the mountain, to tell you what this place is like, the top of the mountain, you, you rise up to about 6,000 feet in less, way less, like, like maybe 38 minutes, not even 40 minutes. Like in, in just a little over a half hour, you go up to 6,000 feet. These roads are flipping steep. I can't even tell you. I mean, this is a straight up and down mountain. And at one point, there's a ri- they built the road over a ridge, so you're driving on this one-lane road, mind you, <laughs> one-lane road, <laughs> and you look on either side of the road, and it goes so far down you can't see the bottom. All you can see is nothing, and then way, way off in the distance you can see the tops of pine trees. And so it's like you're driving on this razorback, right? Nothing to either side of you on this. What? Why would they put a road there? It was insane, but it was so beautiful. And I was up there. And the fog started coming in, and the clouds started moving in. And all of a sudden, I mean, you could, you could actually see them moving. You're so high, and they're, they're just moving right below you, in front of you, a little bit above you, some of them. But all of a sudden, this great big giant cloud just swallows me. And I know I can't see anything. I mean, I'm inside of it. I can see nothing, right, just fog. And I know on either side of me, there's nothing, and I'm on this little tiny strip of road, <laughs> but it was like, all of a sudden, it was like I was standing on nothing. I, I, everything in the world disappeared, and there was just nothing, and I was standing in the middle of nothing. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. It was absolutely the most surreal experience, and then the cloud moved on, and I could see again, but for that time that I was in that, I can't even tell you, seeing it coming, seeing the wispy fingers coming towards you, having it finally engulf you completely and erasing into oblivion everything, and you're just swallowed inside of it. Just it, it, it was something else. I wish that you all could have been there with me so you could have experienced that. It was absolutely incredible. And then, so I'm sure all of you are going to ask me or were wondering, did she find gold? <laughs> right? And the answer is yes. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> so we panned on her claim for a while, did gold panning. She taught me how to, to pan for gold, and we found gold in the creek. That was pretty awesome, some flex and things like that. And then I was out on this road, and I was walking, right, because I, like I like to walk roads and look for pretty shinies and just explore nature. I found a wasp nest that was incredible. Anyway, so I find this big chunk of weird-looking quartz. 
and I'm looking at it, it's like, oh, this is, and it's glittery, and it's sparkly, and it's quartz, and I'm going to take it home and love it and cuddle it and call it George and, and love it forever, and I'm putting it in the Well, wait a minute, how did it get here? It came from somewhere, right? So I start looking up on the cliff face that I'm walking beside, and I'm following it, and I'm following it, and it's all yellow, brownish, yellowy rock, and then all of a sudden I, the sun hits it, and there's this glint of white. And you look up there, and you can see a quartz seam, and it comes down at an angle and comes down. And all of a sudden, you realize, looking at the shape of the rocks, even though it's not glitter anymore, you can see it underneath the yellow and mud. You can see a giant quartz vein come down. Any of you know that, that know anything about gold hunting knows that finding a quartz vein in gold country is pretty awesome. And then when you look on either side and you see decomposing quartz, and you start seeing the black crystals, which is why you always look for black sand when you're looking for gold. Anyway, this, but it's really exciting. I'm really, really exciting. So, so, I mean, that, that rush, that thing, you know, if I ever need to call on that feeling, that, oh, my gosh, feeling, I've got that. I've li- lived that, experienced it. And then it was climbing up the cliff face, right? Can you guys picture this now? I'm climb, I climb up this cliff face, and I'm holding onto this cliff face. I'm so excited. I don't have ropes or nothing. I just climbed on there. You know, get up there. Oh, this rock will hold me. I'll just stand on this rock. <laughs> Wait, I can't quite reach. I'll put my foot over here on this rock over here, and I'll stretch, and then I get So I'm up there with my rock hammer, my, my little five-pound hand sledgehammer, and I'm beating the shit out of this quartz pocket that was exposed, right? And it's like in the background... As, as I'm hitting the quartz, quartz has a lot of, there's a lot of iron. Um, if you're in gold, if you're, iron and gold usually find those things together in quartz. But every time my sledgehammer, my little sledgehammer hit the quartz, it made this crash sound. And there were sparks. And I realized behind me, a thunderstorm was coming in. And so the thunder was rumbling behind me. And I could see the, the the cliff wall would light up a little bit. It wasn't raining yet. I got down before it started raining just so I don't get yelled at by you guys. But, you know, it was almost like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there creating thunder with my hammer and lightning. You know, the, the, the earth is giving me back lightning and, and, and behind me is the echoes of all those hammers. I mean, it was almost like the thunder was the echo of hammers that hammered before me in this place filled with ghosts. And, and mystery and history and it was just incredible I can't even tell you down to even going back to camp and having to clean up trash for I don't know how long it took because there was a bear in camp right I mean it was just a fantastic time and and that's what I did last week and so you know if someone says hey what did you guys do last week you know I can tell them I discovered gold I found an undiscovered gold vein up on a gold mountain, and, and I chased a bear with my 38, and, and, and it didn't eat the bananas ever, but it ate the, <laughs> it ate the Girl Scout cookies, and, and you know what it felt like being swallowed into nothing. And, and so think about having experiences like those in life will affect you as an artist. And stop making excuses not to do those things, Okay. I never miss a show. I never miss a Thursday with you guys. But last week, I made the choice to put on a workshop so I could run away and do something like that. You know, and, and that fed me. And, and, and in doing that, I'm able to share that with you and maybe feed you guys some inspiration or whatever. But, but stop. Make it happen. 
You know, we have more control over our lives than we think we do. And every single day we waste not making messy with something is a day we don't get back. I mean, that is our real commodity. Every day we wake up, I don't care how bad of a day it is. If you woke up, that's the best day of your life. So whatever excuses you have, my back hurts, my this, my that, I don't care what your excuse is. There will always be an excuse. And sometimes there will be some pretty hefty ones. But right now you're the youngest you're going to be, the strongest you're going to be. And don't let those excuses become ball and chains around your feet and keep you from experiencing life. Go out there and make thunder on a mountain, you know, and then have that mountain swallow you up and make you realize how insignificant you really are, even though when that hammer comes down, you you feel like a god, you know. Go out there and have input in life so you can have output as an artist. Okay. So we have some announcements to go through. I'm yammering, sorry. But it was just awesome, you guys. I wish you all could have been there. But on the other side of the mountain, because I like my solitude. But I wish you could have been there anyway. <laughs> Unless it was you that got in the trash. Then then we need to talk. So announcements. If you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can do so by shooting me over a message. Probably a message on Facebook would be the easiest. You can shoot me over a message to Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you want to put together. You do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this. You can Basically, uh, the concept is we all have something to teach and we all have something to learn. So whatever it is you want to put together, let me know. They can be any, the shows can be anywhere from a half hour to three hours, depending on how much time you need. We can just start the clock and you go till you're done, right? Uh, you can do these on anything that you want if you wanted to do like your favorite you know, poetry era or poetry form or your favorite poet or take a poem and talk about it or talk about the the impact that spoken word has on hip-hop music or do one on, on performing spoken word poetry or do one talking about editing or whatever it is that you want to talk about, writing in forms, um, publishing, whatever it is, uh, doing a chat book self-publishing versus traditional publishing. Or if you want to do an actual workshop hmm, concept where you start us through step-by-step following a formula that you provide and lay out and we fill in the blanks and by the end of the workshop we have an actual written poem, kind of like the IM workshop I did a little while back. So those are, those are really fun. Whatever you want to do, we're excited to uh, be putting those together for you. Next, I want to make sure that I thank all of our sponsors, um, One Sapien, Roy Murdoch. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember them all off the top of my head. Noreen Snyder and Gary Snyder. Um, I can't find the list, and they've deleted it from offline, so I've been writing them down. And you guys can always shoot me a message and say, hey, dum-dum, put my name on the list. There was a lot of you this year. Now, usually it was just a couple people, but this year we did one of those uh, fundraiser things, and there's so many of you that stepped up to the plate, some who haven't even been on the show in over five years. Some of them, three of them, you guys, were listeners. No, four of them. Four of them were listeners. Three or four. It was one of those two. I don't have my list. Um, 
are listeners. They aren't even people who call in to read or promote themselves or, or share. They're people who listen to you guys, and it means so much to them to be able to come here, here and listen to what you guys have to say, that they were willing to reach into their pocketbook and help with our licensing fees for the year. How amazing is that? That has to make you feel good, seriously. Um, so I just really want to thank all of our sponsors who jumped in and, and helped keep our, our show, on the year, uh, show on the air for another year. Love you guys so much, and with our heartfelt thanks, all of us. It is absolutely a gift you cannot believe. All right, so the next thing I want to do is we are going to do homework and writing exercises and prompts and things like that. Every week, if you ever get, I mean, if you ever get stuck, every week we do this. Within the first 10 minutes of the show, if you turn on one of the shows from the archives, you can grab yourself a prompt, an exercise, or whatever, and uh, just go off and running. So remember, those are there to utilize. If you don't hear the whole prompt and everything that I'm giving at the beginning of the show, you can always come back about 10 minutes after the show ends and pull up the archive show there and, and finish it, write it down, writing it down. The first thing that we are going to do is I'm going to give you your journal assignment. Now, all of you should have a journal, a three-ring binder, some kind of a book that you write in. This cannot be anything back, backlit. You cannot be typing it on a screen. I want pen and paper in hand. This is your journal. This is where you write stuff no one's ever going to see, your, your private thing. Um, and trust me, later on, when you look back at a journal in your handwriting and you're reading through it, it's much different than looking at it on a computer screen. And you know what? I have two computers sitting here in my closet right now that I hope to God someday someone can help me turn back on and get the stuff that's on it off. If you write it in a book, it's there. It's always there much more than if the lights go out and you can't get at it again. And even if you write it online, transfer it over to your journal. Just kind of food for thought. Also, when you write something, every time you write something, you should email a copy of it to yourself. Number one, that copyrights it with a timestamp from the email. And number two, if something ever happens and your computer bites the, the big one, right, you've still got everything that you've written saved in an email. So you should create an email that's only for that purpose. Don't use it your regular email. The only thing that will ever be in that is the record of your writing. Just kind of a couple tips. So we were doing some, for a little over a month, we were concentrating on free writing and, you know, getting in the habit of writing every single day and realizing you don't have to write something pretty. You just have to write. You know, writing writer's block is an urban legend. It does not exist. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't hurt you. That's actually a, the title of a, a workshop that I teach. But it's true. You know, people think that they have writer's block because they don't sit down and write something every single day that's Facebook post-worthy so you can get those likes and those smiley faces and those hearts and those thumbs up and that positive affirmation that makes you feel good, kind of like, you know, that, that's your, your, you know, it becomes like your drug, you know. So, ah. Anyway. So, what was I going to say? Free writing, writing every day, yeah. Okay. So, you don't have to always write pretty. You know, and they think if they don't write something that they can post every day, then they're not writing, and then they think they have writer's block. The writer's block, being a writer means discipline. For as much as we are artists and free spirits, you know, and, and all of that, it's still, we still have to feed. You know, what happens if you don't feed something? It starves. Every day we have to feed the, 
the adult in us, we have to go to work, we have to pay a bill, we have to make this phone call. Oh, my God, I forgot a phone call today, an important one. Shit. Okay, so anyway, yeah, we do. <laughs> um, you know, we have to do these adult things, and that always keeps that feeding that, that side of us, and that's why that side sometimes ends up seeming like it's, it's stronger, and it can really drown out that creative part of us, that, that inner child. It's like the adult saying, sit there and shut up and, and just be seen and not heard type thing, right? If you don't constantly feed that voice, it gets smaller and smaller. Then you think that you have writer's block, and you don't. The key to writing is to pick up a pen and write. That's why the, we, we work so long on free writing. I don't care what you write. Every day, pick up the pen, keep the notebook in the bathroom beside the toilet because you know what, you're pretty a pretty captive audience there, right, if you put your phones down. Uh, you know, just carry it with you and you get five minutes, just start writing. And I don't care what you write about. You know, we're kind of going to get away from that. And so I, I just want to stress again how important it is because we're going to go in another direction with our journal assignments and stuff now. And I don't want you to forget about free writing. You just pick up the pen and you start writing a grocery list. If you don't know what to write, that's the easiest one to remember. Start writing a grocery list. Paper bags, uh, apples, peanut butter. I hated the oily peanut butter we had to mix up as a kid because it was really gross and lumpy. And I'm so glad, thank God, for Jif. And by the way, that girl at the coffee shop was really cute and gave me extra whipped cream today. And you just write. It doesn't matter what's in your head. You just write, get it out on paper. By doing that, that feeds that part of your creative side of the brain. Your pen is moving every single day. If you do that, I swear to you, swear to you, that you will never be without something to write. The quality of your writing and the frequency of your writing will go up. Feed that creative side of you. So when I was thinking about all the reasons I should not have gone last week. I mean, this month has absolutely been crazy, everything that uh, has been going on. There's only two days this last month that did not have something written on the calendar that I had to do something. So there's a 101 million reasons I probably should not have gone on this camping trip like I did. But there's a thousand million zillion reasons why I'm so glad that I did. You know, so what I want, what we're really going to concentrate now on for a while with our exercises and things is giving your muse a break. Stop putting so much pressure on your muse. We sit around and we're tortured souls waiting for our muse to come up and slap us upside the head. And off and running we go and we're writing and, oh, my God, I'm in a fever and I'm done. It's like, oh, oh no, no, it came over me. Oh, that came from the great spirit. Oh, I don't even remember writing this. And oh, you know, it's an adrenaline rush. Yeah. We love it when it happens. Yeah. But how much do we not create when we're waiting for that? And sometimes it's a long time between those times, right? So stop sitting around and putting the pressure on your muse. You have to have input in order to have output. So this this next month or so, we're going to be giving our muses a break, cutting the apron strings, putting on our big poet's pants, and finding our own inspiration. You know, poetry is out there, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can't walk two feet 
without tripping over a poem or a word or a, or, or a, a grinning little imp of an idea. It's everywhere. And when you see it, when you train your eye to see it and you recognize it, all of a sudden the world becomes a very different place. You walk around like you have a secret that, that no one else knows. You're standing in the middle of the city and everyone's walking around and they're going to work and they're like little ants. But you know, you know that fairies are real. You know that gremlins are a thing. You know there's things in the shadows with long fingers. And you're seeing it all. You're standing there looking at it all. And it's so funny because all these people around you are just oblivious to it. You know, when you, when you start looking in the world that way, when you start letting the world touch you that way, it, it changes everything. And I really want you guys to push yourselves to remind yourself. It's kind of like going back to the sandlot of your inspiration, of your passion, your passion for your craft. Go back and find those things that, that pushed you to start writing in the first place, you know, seeing the world the way that you see it so uniquely. So with your journal, which you should always carry with you, um, I want you to this week, and in a journal, okay, when I start writing in a journal, my writing starts in the front, and I'll pick up and I'll free write something, or I'll work on a poem there, and I'll work on 15 different rewrites on 20 pages, scratch out, write again, scratch out, write again. They don't have to be pretty. Nobody sees these but you. But I, I do my regular writing in the front, and when I work on something like this journal assignment I'm going to give you, all my lists, all the things, I've, I hear something I want to look up, if I hear something that I think might make a good, uh, some good inspiration for a piece later on, I go to the back of the book, and I start writing forward. So I never lose anything. If I were to make a list of things in the middle of all my scribble pages and I tried to find it, I would never find it. So if I do my scribble pages from front to back and all my inspiration and information pages from back to front, when I want to flip through those pages and find something or you know, search for a lost thought, they're all in one place. I don't have to go through the regular book. So that's the way I do it. Just a tip. You don't have to do it that way. But this journal assignment would go in the back of the book because it is making a list. And what I want you to do is really pay attention to things around you, like street signs. Okay, street signs. I want you to take notes, take note um, of the words on signs and street names, you know, like the overpass name and, and you know, something, 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 next exit and, and you know, the, just whatever it is. So when you're, you're walking around, driving, riding the bus, whatever it is, start writing down, ouch, <laughs> start writing down um, the names of streets, phrases that you see on signs, anything like that. And then later on, I want you to go back and look at them and see if there's anything in there that you can, uh, you know, use one or a combination of them to start writing a poem or a prose piece, all right? Uh, the more that you pay attention to those things, the more that they're going to catch your eye. I always say if you're, if you're walking along and you do a double take at something, stop long enough to ask yourself why. It was something that subconsciously in your brain grabbed your attention. 
and made you stutter. And any time you stutter like that, you should stop and ask yourself why. What was it that caught my attention? What was I looking at? And sniff the air and feel and listen. See what you taste. Find out what it is because it's important. It's important not to overlook the things that make us hiccup. All right? So, another tip. <laughs> so, yeah, write down street signs, things you see, street names, uh, words you see on signs, things like that. Go through and see if you can put them together, see what you can, you can get out of those. The next one, that was your journal assignment. The next one is your exercise. Your exercises are not meant to, to create a piece of, of poetry. They are simply to make messy with your muses, to, to mess with your pen, to get your handwriting, to get you thinking in a way you normally wouldn't think about, stretch those poetic muscles, per se, if you would. Um, this one, and exercises, like I said, okay, exercises are meant to push you out of your comfort zone. And this will be pushing some of you out of your comfort zone. And some of you won't do it. And to those of you and those of you who won't do it, know that you're probably the ones that won't do it. I want you to think about my camping trip. There's a thousand excuses why you shouldn't do this exercise. But the benefits of doing it will far outweigh and blow your mind than any excuse you could think of. Stop letting excuses be your crutch, people. Okay, so I want you to take your notebook with you. And throughout the week, you can use one of mine in the example that I'm going to give you a moment, or you can write some of your own. You can write one. You can write two. You can write three if you think you can get away with that many. All right? But I want you to have these written in a book, this, the, your phrases or sentences that you're going to figure out here in a minute. I'll tell you what they are. But this one is called, this, this exercise is called fill in the blanks. In your journal, I want you to have those three phrases written down. And then I want you to ask as many people as you can all week long to finish a sentence for you or to finish the thought. And whatever they say, write it down. One, two, three. Sentence one, sentence two, sentence three. Okay, so have them fill in the blank or finish a sentence and say, hey, I'm working on this, this project. Can, can I ask you three questions and you fill them and just whatever comes to your mind, first thing you think about. All right? And... For example, okay, uh, one of them could be, um, let me ask you a question. I want you to fill in the blank. Uh, nothing justifies the existence of or age is composed of or the whole world belongs to or love disguises itself or wouldn't it be beautiful to or small invisible things are. <laughs> uh, today the sun is made of... Um, the poem I'll never write begins, and have them fill in the blanks and write down their answers. All right, and then once you have all of these done, go through and see if you can put some of them together. You know, maybe the the uh, take the lines that they each person gave and create a poem out of each out of the response. Somehow work each person's response into a poem. Or find one that really inspires you and build off of it. Do whatever you want to with these once you have these written down. The point is to start looking for inspiration outside of you, yourselves, you guys. It's everywhere if you look and listen and feel it, see it. Um, you know, if you, if you stand still long enough to see it, or if you're, if you, you know, make 
make enough noise that you stir it up. You know, it's everywhere. Stop waiting for it to come and hit you between the eyes of the brick because you're missing out on so much by just sitting and waiting. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to push ourselves away from our muses and stand up on our own two feet for the next month or so. All right, so that's your that's your journal prompt or your journal exercise, your journal and your, your journal assignment and your exercise. Excuse me. The last I'm going to give you is your prompt. Now your prompt is meant to be a poem. It's meant to inspire a poem. It can be the first line. It can be like the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem. It can be the general concept of the poem. But it is meant to create a finished product. So the prompt for this week is the stale walls. Like stale bread, the stale walls. That's your prompt, the stale walls. So there you go. That's all of them. (laughs) All right. So next, I always start and end every episode with an audio track. And... If you are a spoken word artist and you would have like to have your piece played on the air, then you can email those to me. The word that is in the email title, you can email those to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All right. We'll get those uploaded to the show's library and be able to play those. Now, the piece that I am going to start the show with this week Uh, is by, and we heard this just a while back, but I want to play it again. I was hoping Mama would be here because she yells that she, because it took me forever to get this on there, you guys. I couldn't get it downloaded with the files she sent me. So I just wanted to play this again just because it's an absolutely fantastic track. We all love, this is Vicky Aqua, Mama Oladeji, and uh, All Around Queen. Uh, But I just want to share it again, just let her know that we love her and appreciate her. And it is a great track. I know you're going to love it. Here we go. Ode to Nina Simone. Nina! Miss Simone. Miss Simone. You're our own. They loved you in France. With a love like mine, African queen, far from home, you're our own. When you sing for women and such, you're more than too much. And when you sing, my skin is black, I was taken aback. Say you ain't got no I knew what you meant Mr. Moan My life My life was touched When you bellowed out My name is Pete My name is Pete When you were so far ahead of your time That even when you died The rest The rest Still behind Mr. Moan Mr. Moan Mr. Moan You're our own. You touched my soul. Your music never old. When you tickle those keys, you touch something in me 
with a bubble so bold, I just had to ask, why, how did the world miss you? But oh, no, not I. I hung on to your every word, to every word you sung. Even to this day, you can make me cry. But not for you, but not for you, but everyone, but everyone that missed you. Oh, Miss Simone, you were a delicious treat. Oh, how I still love you. Miss Simone, Miss Simone, you're our own. I felt your pain from the depths of Georgia to New York City. Oh, what a pity that they missed you. How you were treated was sickening. America's loss was Europe's gain. Being more open-minded, as your songs reminded, they caused you to drift away from home, the home of the slaves. How you were treated was a pity from Georgia to New York City. Since you've been gone, things have not been the same. Now they remember your name. And now they remember your name. Miss Simone, Miss Simone, you're our own. That was Vicki Aqua with Ode to Nina Simone. Amazing piece. All right, guys, the number to call in, 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you are on hold and you would like to come on and read to us tonight, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, as in area code 540. You are our first caller tonight. And uh, so listen for your telephone area code, and we'll bring you on. When I bring you on, please make sure you introduce yourself. That's really important. You want people to know who is reading as well as have your name attached to your work. I cannot stress that enough. You don't want your work going out there in the world without your name on it. So say, hi, this is me, and I'm happy to talk to you so I can share my poem and blah, 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 all that good stuff. Introduce yourself. Right now, with the way the lines are, you can read two poems if the lines get too busy and we need to change that further on at the show and drop that down to one poem, then that is what we will have to do at that time. I'm trying to check my notes over here, make sure I cover everything before we get into this part. 
I think that I did. Okay. So, yeah, you can read two poems unless it gets too busy, and if that changes, then we will switch it later on. But right now you're good at two. When you're done reading, please make sure that you give out your URL. It's real important for people to know how to come find you and get to know you and your work better. And then please do remember that we have a mature rating, so you're bound to hear just about anything with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. We don't need to know the graphic look of the nipple, all right? Just keep a little bit surreal and you'll be good. All right, with that said, I am going to go ahead and get to our callers. Once again, the number to call in, 646-595-3965. We have no chat room yet tonight, just so you know. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, all I've got is a black screen for it. So if you're not able to get into chat, just keep poking it with a stick. I know Firefox had some big major update uh, yesterday or today, so you may want to do that if it doesn't let you in. Okay. So our first caller, as I said, comes from area code. I'm going to write this down so I don't get lost. We have area code 540. Then we will be followed by 281, will be our next caller, and then 203-984-346. That kind of gives you the lineup to start off so you, you know where you're coming. Uh, where you're coming. I'm not sure if we're having line issues. I do know we are having chat room issues. I do not know if we're having line issues. But if we are, we'll just deal with that when we get to it. But for right now, let's go ahead and break on 540. Hello? Hi, are you with me? I am with you. This is Philip Church down in Virginia. Hello, Mr. Church. How are you, my darling? Oh, cooling off a little bit. We're in the middle of a big old heat wave down here. Hmm. Was it as bad as the one before where the, the dew point was up real high? Oh, yeah. It's... Uh, it uh, feels like it's in the, the 90s, and you go even further south from where I'm at, and that that'll go up to the century mark. So this it, it, this is uh, one of the big ones that we're going to get this yeah. year, I guess. Yeah. Well, hopefully that doesn't mean you get a doubly cold winter. Well, uh, you know down. Down here, we don't. The winters are pretty mild. You, you might have, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a, a couple of kind of, I guess, freaky things like, uh, you know, you might get a blizzard or a, you might get an ice storm or something like that. But for the most part, the winters down in uh, where I'm at anyway, in Southwest Virginia, in the mountains, uh, pretty mild compared to you know <laughs> the north. And, <laughs> and really, what you're Yeah. I was living in Colorado Springs, right? And I moved from Col- – it was on Super Bowl Sunday. And I pulled out of Colorado Springs, and there was snow and ice and everything. And I was moving to Houston, Texas. And we drove straight through, me and the kids. And when I got there and got into my place, it was like I put on my swimsuit, and I go out, and I'm sitting by the pool in the apartment complex, in the apartment that I rented, right, had a pool. So I put on my bathing suit, and I'm going out there, and I'm sitting beside the pool, 
in the middle of January because it was like 64 degrees. It was beautiful compared to the snow and ice I had just left. And so I'm sitting, and then people are walking around their parkas looking at me like I'm a total idiot. <laughs> it was oh, awesome. <laughs> like, January, it's 64 degrees. What are you doing, you weird lady? And I'm going, ah, oh, it feels good. <laughs> Oh, Lori, to each their own, you know. Mhm, mhm. I, I don't. So, what's uh, been inspiring for you this week? What did you, what did you do that was amazing, and what did you bring us? Can you hear well, me okay? You know, by the way, do I sound all right to you? Yeah, earlier you sounded kind of uh, uh, faint, you know, kind of distant. Yeah. Not in your tone, but I mean in 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 the volume. It, it was it was very low volume. Ah, uh, but it sounds game, it's okay now. Yeah, you sound fine. Okay. But um, well, you know, as as you know, I I uh, have pulmonary uh, disease and um, uh, I continue to uh, have problems with that. I, that's why I missed last week uh, getting on. But uh, so, you know, I got a, uh, I, I was rear-ended in a, uh, a car accident some months ago, and I finally got a a little check for that. So just to piss off the Grim Reaper, I went out today and bought me a motorcycle. <laughs> You bought yourself a motorcycle? Yes, ma'am. I got me an 1100cc V-twin Roadhog. (laughs) I love it. That is awesome. See, that's what I'm talking about. There's 100 million excuses why you should not have done that, and some very valid ones, right? If you let those those excuses be a crutch, you wouldn't live. And if you're not living, you're dying. So if you're living, you better be living, right? Because every day is a well, gift, you know, every day. I wasn't born to, you know, to arrive at my grave in a, in a well-preserved, you know, perfect uh, uh, specimen body. Uh, you know, I, I was supposed to skid in there sideways, just all completely spent and screaming, <laughs> heck, you know, what a ride. Do it again. I say that all the time, that... That when I slide, when I when I go, I slide into that gate. I'm going to be like sliding into home plate, right? I'm going to be bandaged and bruised and stapled together and bloody and dirty and and I'll, wherever I'm supposed to be, I'll never get there because whatever gate I go to, whoever's the gatekeeper, we're going to be sitting there. He's I'm going to slide up and he's going to go, "What in the hell happened to you?" And I'm going to say, "Dude, seriously, you got a minute because this is a hell of a story." And I'll, I, we're going to stand there for eternity talking and bullshitting, and I'll never get anywhere. But, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Y- you and I can sit there at the gate and, and just just talk our heads off because there's, there's, yeah, <laughs> too much to talk about to go in. There you go. Well, uh, you see, you know, that, that's one thing. That you, you were talking about poets understand that you, you can look and you'll see poetry. Everywhere you'll see it three feet in front of you, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you get out of bed of, and you uh, think you're slipping your feet into slippers, and you realize it's a poem. And it's like, oh God, really? Seriously? 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that that and uh, it, it's interesting how these um, oh I don't know what you would call them subcultures or alternative lifestyles or whatever the the labels that are put on it. But you know the bikers and the the outlaws and the hippies and the mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, we all kind of have the same. Uh, you know things in common with the, the poets and the, the writers and the, the artists and the painters and the sculptors and so uh, you know I think it's uh, I think that's part of if one believes in such things uh, that's part of God's image in us that we we create we want to create you know and uh Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, I, I see that as a biker. I see it as a poet. I see it, you know, as a writer, as a man. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, I decided to, you know, I piss off the Grim Reaper. So yeah, I went ahead and bought me a motorcycle. I, you are I'm, so my fucking hero <laughs> right now. I can't even tell you. You are absolutely. My hero, because that is the best thing I have ever, 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 ever heard. I am oh, so proud oh. of you. Well, thank you. And and I anyone who looks at you and gives you shit about it, you have them call me because I'll take care of them for you. I got your back. <laughs> I'll explain it to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or I'll keep well, talking until they're tired of listening and hang up. <laughs> um, I have some, I have some uh, uh, explanatory sign language that usually works well for me. <laughs> Oh, I bet you do, cowboy. <laughs> I want to do. I want to do my reading here, and uh, I'm just going to read one, and I'm going to get off. But uh, now, this is uh, a poem that was turned into a. Uh, 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 it was a country. I'm sorry. It was a country song that was turned back into a poem. But what's interesting about this is that I wrote this from the female point of view. The uh, if if you you'll catch my meaning. So the name of this piece is "Too Tired to Cheat." You fear I want something new, but I'm dead on my feet, darling. Even if I wanted to, I'm just too tired to cheat. Your accusations make me scoff, thinking I could be so lazy. The house looks like a bomb went off, and the kids just drive me crazy. There's not enough hours in my day. I work harder than you think, just looking for a better way. With the dishes stacked up in the sink. I don't mean to be unkind. Baby, I'm just really beat. You can ease your trouble. Mine, because I'm too tired to cheat. And please don't play that cheating card, because it's a sucker's bet. I'm the one who's rode too hard and then always put up wet. There's no time to catch my wind. Don't think that I'm just funning. Working hard to hold up my end, I always hit the floor or running. We fight and fit just like a well-worn glove. I don't want nobody new. I might be tired, but I'm still in love. And I will always stand 
by you, so I don't mean to be unkind, baby. I'm just really beat. You can ease your troubled mind because I'm too tired to cheat. In poem. <laughs> that really seriously needs to be a song. That That's the song. <laughs> that well, is so freaking funny. I don't know that no one's ever put to music. <laughs> <laughs> That was too fun. That was, that was, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think women all over the world are just applauding that. It's like, really? Yeah. Really? If I was going to go out and cheat, I'd have to brush my freaking hair. I'd have to put on a damn bra. I'd have to find matching shoes. I ain't got time to do any of that. <laughs> I'd have to shave my legs, Really? Sex isn't worth shaving my legs for right now. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and there you go. You know, you that's part of the the wonderful parts of uh, poetry is that you you know there's an old saying that a poet is a liar who always tells the truth. And but you you can um, you can tell stories. You you can mm-hmm. you can through your poetry. You know, I. I've I've written poems. You know, my mother is fine. My mother's bless her heart. She's she's alive and doing well. Well, I've written a couple of poems where uh, it, it was telling a story where the the uh, the the mother figure in the in the poem passed away. And I had people like on Facebook when I posted these things on Facebook write me back. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Mhm. I wrote a poem one time about how I miss you and I lost, and how can I go on without you? And it had a, I had dropped my coffee cup on the kitchen floor and broke it. So I took a picture of my broken coffee cup and wrote this that I'd actually had for like I must have had that coffee cup for ten years. It was like my my life mate, right? And so I wrote right. this poem about about it. My it's and oh my god, same thing. So many mess. I'm so sorry for your loss. My prayers are with yeah. you. But it was a flipping coffee cup, people. Did you read the poem? <laughs> so it's like they get the gist of it, but they didn't. I guess I didn't write it well enough for them to make them understand that, you know, that. that well, oh, I cup. think you probably wrote it. That's, that's, I, I think that's probably the mark of a good writer, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, uh, well, I'm going to get uh, off here and get somebody Chance at it, and uh, hopefully I will uh, be back here next week. But y'all can hit me up on Facebook. I'm Philip Church. You can find my books on Amazon.com. Uh, Philip Kent, K-E-N-T Church, and um, I'll be talking at you later. Great job tonight, sweetie. If you want to read another one, call back in, okay? Alrighty. All right, hon. Thank you, sweetie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 281. 281, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Hello? How are you? Hi. I'm doing good. Yes, my name is driving? Uh, yes, I'm just getting off the work right now. Okay. Yeah, can you, can you hear me good? I can hear you, but it's like you're on a Bluetooth or something, and it's a little bit static. All right. How about now? That sounds awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Jay Butler, but I go by Jay the Messenger, my stage name. Welcome to the show, Hello? sweetheart. What did you bring us, honey? Uh, I got a poem called uh, Feel My Pain out of my book I wrote called Seven Day Confessions. Uh, yeah, I write, uh, I'm a poet. I write poetry for breast cancer, domestic violence, AIDS, and addiction. And uh, I wanted to do this uh, piece called Feel My Pain. Please, we would love you ready? it. Mm-hmm. All right. As I opened my eyes, I realized my friends are enemies in disguise, waiting for my demise to overcome the madness. And to get on so much sadness, little kids die, mothers cry. I told fiends willing to sell his soul just to get high. I pray that my daughter have a better childhood than I because I've seen the experience some things that made me want to cry. So it's too late in my life to feel shame. God, feel my pain. Feel my hurt and feel my pain. A kid grows up with a disability because his mom was addicted to cocaine. He had never get a chance to see the American dream because his mom chose to be a dope fiend. She looks in the mirror, see where she once was, but never will be. Drop our past, and that's the reason why she knows she's free. It's a shame kids never get reimbursed for all the heartache and pain. A 14-year-old girl got molested by her father, became pregnant, but was forced to have abortion. So look in her eyes, she can tell she'll never be the same. The screams and holler, but no one came. When the little girl closed her eyes at night, she can still hear the baby say her name. So she shoots up heroin just to ease her pain. So American society, ask yourself this question, who's the one to bring? God, I feel my pain. And that's the end. Palm? Awesome. I, was, I, know, I, I tried to be quiet because I don't know when someone's doing a dramatic pause. <laughs> so I don't, I've gotten yelled I at. I was it done, Nyla. I said, I, I didn't know if you were doing a dramatic pause. So I always have people say end poem when they're done. Because I could not tell you how many times someone says, um, Nyla, the poem wasn't over yet. <laughs> and I'm going on about how awesome <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. So, yes. But that was great. I'm, and this is your first time calling into the show, right? Yes, ma'am. Welcome to the show. Really, really glad to have you here. And I can't think of a better debut. Talking about, it's Jay the Messenger, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. And then you delivered the message. That was incredible. Absolutely amazing, sweetheart. Did you want to read a second one? Uh, that's the only one I've memorized so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if you'd like to, we're on for three hours. We're on for about another, well, actually another two hours now. But if you want to call back and read another one, we'd absolutely love to have you. It's Jay Butler. Go ahead and do me a favor, sweetheart, and tell everyone how to, it was Jay Butler, right? I got him right, both of them. Yes, Jay Butler. Awesome. Uh, you, can find me, you can find me on Instagram at, at, uh, at Jay Butler. Find me on Facebook, uh, Jay Butler. Uh, you can call me on my hit me on my email, uh, J E Click at gmail dot com. Capital J A Y E C L E X X at gmail dot com. Uh, you can look at my book on Amazon, Seven Day Confessions. Uh, you can Google me, Jay Butler, and my information will pop up. Perfect. All right. And if you aren't able, if you don't come back on tonight to read another one when you get a chance, we would love to have you back on next Thursday. You did a fantastic job tonight, honey. Thank you for sharing with us. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, honey. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty. 
I love when we have new callers. Our next caller is area code 203. 203, you're on the air. Uh, hey, Nyla, how are you doing? Hey, sweetheart, how are you? Good, good. I saw you uh, post in the show, and I said, I haven't done that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, I've been writing quite a bit, too, so I figured, you know, why not? Exactly, exactly. You could have a hundred excuses why you shouldn't or don't have time, but none of them are as important as what you're doing right now, and that's sharing yourself with the whole world, and we love you, and we're glad you're here. Thank you. Well, well, for those who don't know, I'm Tammy Jones. I go by Poetry's Child. I uh, brag about my poetry family, Prismatic Creams, and the New Word Order. Um. I've come to share some poetry with you, so don't let me run off on a tangent and not share. Um, (laughs) I actually wrote a piece called Carry On. My mind tries to escape the confines of a cell, my skull. I pull pain from every aperture of my life, but instead there's no slowing down. There's no stopping the craziness expressed. The pain reaches to my toes. Nobody really knows. Pain is long like a run-on sentence. And I can't fence my vulnerabilities inside lines of a safe place. No walls can protect. And once the nightmare passes, the writing is on the wall. The flare-up of anxiety, the blame, the cranial headaches, brain feeling of uselessness, evil thoughts, and the phantom panic. The worries of intimidation. And by now, I think you're seeing the picture of imperfections that consume my soul. From this point on, how do you begin to carry on? I turn to self for a pep talk to speak a courage into existence. A resistance starts a cold war. The stars in the sky stay frozen in my eyes to a time and a place where I yearn to be once more. And still I pray for a way to carry on. My spirit aches broken moments and hopes of mending to survive better vibes and better times and rip that box of nightmares open wide. I'm still gasping for air to carry on. It's a journey filled with baby steps and repetitive reps to trust again. While simultaneously you mouth carry on, you move forward as your mind reminisces blemeries and the memories stutter steps of progress. It turns into a struggle with words and reasoning that goes back to experiences and chaotic turbulence to catch your footing, find the path, and keep moving, trusting that nothing you see has faith. No previous state or post-anything enables a survivor. You simply live the moment and carry on. That's that first piece. You know, I love that because of the message in it about not being, I mean, you know, anyone who ever struggles with with their their own little I, I like to call them quirks. I mean, you put anyone mm-hmm. in front of a therapist or or someone like that, and then within five minutes, they're going to have labels attached to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of a sudden you'll say, "Oh, well, that's why I'm like this," or "Oh, that's why I'm like that," and all of a sudden you let it become an excuse or a crutch, or an enabler. I mean, basically, the, the, all these labels just cripple us, you know, and, mm-hmm. make a, mm-hmm. and, and make us become victims inside our own head of what the world says is wrong with us. And I say, fuck it, there's nothing wrong with us. 
We are exactly as we're supposed to be. You can't lick the red off a rainbow and not expect it to change the color of every hue. So you, how you are is how you are. And when you can embrace that about yourself, you become that survivor. You become that fighter. Mm-hmm. You break mm-hmm. loose. You know, you kick those crutches out. You say, I'm not going to let their opinion of me define me. I will define myself. And I really yeah. think that, that that message shows really strongly at the in the end of your piece, and I absolutely love it. I'm, that's something I believe in so much. You know, I I have never been, even with all the bullshit I've been through in my life, and I've been shot, I've had my house burned down. You know, there's been abuse. There's been all kinds of crazy, insane family stuff, right? I have 101 mm-hmm. million reasons why I probably should have sat down with a counselor at one per- time, a point in my life, and or and I haven't. I never have because I don't want to know. I don't want to know what they think's wrong with me because I like me. My good, my bad, mm-hmm. my ugly, the things I stress over, the things I don't stress over. I don't want them to tell me, you know, for for as, as badly as artists when we say, I'm the lone wolf, I'm the unique, I'm the loner, I set up in the middle of the dark. We're so fast to want those labels just so mm-hmm. that we belong to something. Oh, yes, I have, um, I'm, I'm O.C., or, or yes, I have ADD, or yes, I have, you know, there's so many things that, you know, we we try to place on ourselves to define us when they don't at all. You know, it's like we want to be independent. If we want to be independent, why do we try so hard to fit into a group? You know, the hell with those labels. Those labels are not who you are. No. You know, be that survivor Tammy writes about. Mm-hmm. Great Thank job, you. love. <laughs> Can I read one You're more welcome. piece? Of course. Okay. This is, um, the topic of this is like a deja vu. Ever feel like recycled energy, words on repeat, maybe said a bit different, but deja vu, when it knocks, always feels the same. Despite aging through the years, this visit came before. Every chance the same breeze blows, you get a poke in your side, and you feel it in your core. Your soul, it smiles. The thought that hits is how it made you feel the time you initially met at the door. Welcomed it in, embraced it in the hug with love. And now realize how you need it even more. Standing in the same spot in another time and space. On return, more refined and in a case. Something so special laced in beauty. It never leaves remain it never leaves remaining a memory. It may make you wonder time to time because when it leaves, there's no trace. But you can always recall and daren't question without proof of a single footprint. But when it escapes, soaring away on briskness of air without care, the only thing you know, it'll be back again. That's a piece. <laughs> I love that last line. That was the perfect anchor. Great piece, sweetheart. <laughs> Tammy, it is so Thank good you. to hear from you. Thanks. I enjoyed uh, my visit with you. I enjoy you. I love you so dearly. We've known each other for so long. Oh, you know, my God. Even when you're not here, you're here with me. Just know that, okay? Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll try to be here <laughs> more often. Oh, this is your home, you know. Tell everyone how they can find you, Tammy. My name is Tammy Jones. I go by Poetry's Child. I am Hip Hop Poetry. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm probably most active on Twitter. 
I'm not a picture person. Thanks. You're part of the Prismatic Dream family with Max Parthas and Rain. Tribal Rain, yeah. Yeah. And the whole family. Nine Elements and Luishi and Dylan Johnson and everybody. Absolutely great group, you guys. Prismatic Dreams. Google them. Check out check out what they've got going on over there. Prismatic Dreams with a Y, not an I. Yeah. I'm really glad that you found time to be here. And uh, I just appreciate you. I want you to know that. Love you dearly. Love you too. Thank you. You're welcome, Tammy. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Awesome. All right, baby. Thank you, hon. Thank you. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. I want to wait. Let's mute them again. Sorry about that. (laughs) I want to let area code 216 know you are not in the lineup. So 216, if you want to come on the air, please press 1, and I will be able to bring you on. Otherwise, if you're just nice, there we go. There we go. All right. Next caller comes from area code 984. 984, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. What are you up to? I am sitting here listening to poetry, poetry. What are you up to? I'm, I'm sitting here listening to poetry as well. There's some good, wow. some good stuff. Wow. Yeah. We have so much in common. Yeah, we do. Like but I said, one day I'm going to show up at your, your front porch and like knock on your door and go, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> let's, let's fix that. Let's fix that coffee cup and have and share a cup, cup of coffee. And, and uh, I don't. <laughs> you still have that thing you put it in a box and hope to glue it back together one day. I did glue it back together and I use it for a pencil holder now. Nice. Nice. My name is Glenn Stills. As you, I know, I know you got that protocol, but okay. So I'm just going to get into this. I heard you played out. They turned you. You flipped. Got a deal of state witness. I heard you got off easy. I heard you turned snitch. Gave testimony to indict me. Said I was born wild. They didn't stop me. Someone was bound to get hurt. I read the transcript. The one they made the sign. You put three times life plus on my back. I heard when they offered you witness protection, you said you had a baby in your belly. Said you wanted to go to Glendale, have the baby born in the same hospital I was born in, as some kind of tribute to his death. I caught a kite that said you loved me. I heard you left California, moved across state lines. By the way, I beat all those capital offenses they tried to pin on me, except the felonies I did three and a half on. It took a couple of years, took a couple of lives, bloody and not some security to beat three times life plus. But you know, the whole is spiritual. I wasn't born a criminal, but I wasn't born to follow you. It's a daily risk when you stand alone. Now I'm out, got a few scars. I walked through the Sally port with my middle finger in the air, came back to civilization with a different kind of frame of mind. Now all I want to know is where the fuck are you and what name did you give my son? Here I am, alone, again. This is called witness protection. My name is Francisco. Wow. That one made it hard to breathe through. That was an incredible, Glenn. Yeah, some somebody asked me, is, is that true? You know, I'm like, most of it, you know. But I'm not going to pick up close at all, you know. But, uh, yeah. Just being, 
I don't know, man. You know, you were talking about, like, you know, your assignments and your your prompts and things. Homework and yeah, you know, I I, I mean, I get that for people, but I've never had uh, that kind of uh, uh, how would you say um, um, a path of uh, apathy to write, you know. Because I see shit, it goes in my head, and it comes out with words, you know. I can see something going down the street. It might be, you know, like I just took a picture of a real cloud, you know. And I guarantee you, I will write a, a, a poem about a real cloud, you know, versus the shit we see now um, in a couple of days, a couple of weeks, you know. So, but, you know, I use, I think I use um, basically visuals, and uh, because men are visual, and I use um, history, you know, my own personal life history and other people's history. I'll, you know, uh, like, for example, this is going to fuck you with your mind. So this dude just rewrote the poem on the um, uh, Lady Liberty, right? He rewrote it and said it was meant for Europeans. Basically, that was his, um, his, re- his reasoning or whiter white, I guess so the Latinos can't get into the United States now. But if you ask me, that's plagiarism. You know? And uh somebody should <laughs> somebody should sue that motherfucker, you know. Uh but anyway, what what are you gonna do? So are you going to read a second one? When? Um, do I get time? Yes, sir. It's it's going to be dark, but it's it's going to be dark. But there's a trilogy to the stuff I write. You know, I told you that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so all you people listening, yeah, just take a little slack, okay? Because if, when you when I get through this, hopefully you'll understand it. I'd take my death if I could get away with it. I'd publicize my demise if I thought you would buy into it. I'd disappear, ghost you and everyone else. I put myself under his knife. If I could assure myself, I'd bleed out. I'd spit in God's face and he wouldn't forgive me. I'd step in front of speeding cars if, they did, if I didn't have a history of knowing that shit don't work. I'd overdose if I did drugs. I'd drink myself to death. But when I drink, I don't get drunk. I'd fall in love, let you lie to me. Jump off a cliff. But those damn wings sewn into my heart won't let me fall. I don't, I don't have a death wish. I might have PTSD, but it ain't severe enough where I can't tell the difference of voices in my head and those antagonize me. I hear them, but I don't get depressed. If I could, I'd trade tomorrow in for yesterday. If I could stop thinking this life isn't a trick of the mind, I'd stop laying on railroad tracks, waiting for the train that never comes. I'd etch my name in a bullet, pull the trigger, but I don't own a gun. If I could, I'd pack my parachute, jump out of the plane with no whipcord, hit the earth plunging a thousand miles an hour, but these wings stitched into my soul won't let me fall. This is Paul Paul. My name is Ben Still. That was phenomenal. So how do you want, did you want to talk about how those tied together? Uh, <laughs> well, I think when you first go to prison, you're thinking your life is over, right? And uh, there's this, there's this, you know, you take fucking, I mean, well, no, we won't even go to his, uh, his, uh, uh, his, his ordeal because 
nobody really knows what happened, so I'm not even going to mention his name. But I, I think when uh, the first time, you know, when, when you get incarcerated and you're facing whatever amount of years, you're thinking, oh, shit, man, my life is over. And so there might be this um, um, impedient idea that, you know what, I could just end this now. And so, uh, but then you get a little hope. Maybe you get messages from somebody that you love, but she's doing, she's not, you know, she's giving you hope, but it's falsehood. And so then the conviction of, of like uh, uh, suicidal tendencies become more inscripted in your brain. And so the third piece is absolutely a killer because it's actually totally positive. You know, I'm, I'll call back in and maybe read it if I, if I find myself uh, able to do that tonight. But um, okay. so those are, those are the two compliances between those two poems. You know, one is about being in the state of, of like, oh, fuck, I'm just facing three life sentences. I'm never going to get out of here. I might as well just take my, I might as well just kill myself. Fuck it off. And so then it goes into like, you know, I think there's a lot of actors and famous people that would love to hear that line. I'd take my death if I could get away with it. Mm-hmm. I'd publicize my demise if I thought you would buy into it. Yeah. I'd disappear and ghost you all and everyone else. I you love know, that line. I love that line. That's what I felt like I did last week. I disappeared and ghosted you all, but I came home. <laughs> <laughs> you I were on my I can't even you. tell you. I wasn't. No, I was up on the. I was up on Bohemia Mountain in the, in the old, uh, gold ghost towns, camping with bears and things, and it was amazing. I I ran away for the week. Right, but see. Um, um, I think it takes, uh, like you were talking about earlier, like uh, if I sat in front of a psychologist or a psychiatrist and I said, you know what, if you want to know who I am, just read some of my poetry. And they go, oh, man, you're clearly fucked up. You know, you've got dementia, <laughs> you got, you know. And I Honey, go, you are clearly I'm more fucked up, and that what makes you perfect. <laughs> exactly. And I go, you know what, I'm more stable than you. You just don't realize it. You're, you're trying to, all you're doing is telling me, what you really are and trying to revolve around that so you can get a hundred or two three hundred dollars an hour. So fuck you, I'm never gonna you know, I wouldn't go to um I might have to go if I want to get my benefits from the VA. And I might have to fucking free crazy. I've been fighting that for a long time, but um I'm thinking, you know you know, I just never wanted that that work on my on my profile. You know, that's in my history like you, you know, know what, have you ever thought about, Glenn, what if we're normal? You know why I don't put much weight on labels or what people say about me or anything else? Is, you know, like I said, you put us down in front of a psychologist, and they will have a label on every single one of us in five minutes. We are all fucked up in one way or another. But, understandably, but what is their basis, yeah. what's their basis of comparison? What is the normal they are comparing us to that makes us determine that we're abnormal? And where did it come from? Who said this is normal and everything that's not this? How boring well, you know would it who, be you know, if you we know were who all said that? It was, I don't want that. It, I want us all to be our weird, Freud. weird selves. It was Freud and those early fucking psychologists doing fucking weird experiments on people. And you know, fucking sticking, I did a Freud you know. test one time, Glenn. I did a Freud test one, a real one. 
and it's supposed to tell me, you know, about my thing. And the only thing I really remember was it said the reason that I am so, and I really am, absolutely bullheaded and stubborn and will dig my heels in is because my mother tried to potty train me too early. That is the root of all my problems. (laughs) My mommy tried to force me to go on the big girl potty, and I wasn't ready. Don't push me. <laughs> it all comes if down I to the body chair. You know, and you know what? If you said that to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, they would like be writing on their little pad and go, "Well, we definitely have an issue here." You know, this. Uh, you know, you the know, only reason I would ever go to a psychologist is just exactly what you said, because when they sat down and took their pad out and started writing about me, and just waiting for me to say something, because that's one of the things they do is they, they know right. people are uncomfortable with the silence, and so they'll say something to break the silence, I would take out a little pad and just stare at them and wait for them to say something. That's, that's you, why I would you know, go, you know what, so I you know what, you know what de- Yeah, you know what demonstrates that issue uh, the most prolifically that I've ever seen on TV is uh, uh, Charlie Sheen, um, three, uh, two guys in a, I don't know what it's called, but... Um, uh, do you know the show I'm talking about when he got canceled and shit? Um, uh, two men in a, I don't know, whatever. But at any rate, he had this psychiatrist, and um, she was perfect for the role. And she'd just be writing shit. What, you know, well, what do you know? I'm so good. And she'd be writing shit. And both him and his brother, I forget his name, but they'd be sitting there like, and you could see the, 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 the deep stare in their eyes like, you know, I'm about to get caught. <laughs> All right, Glenn, All right, do me girl. a favor, love. Tell everyone how to find you. Uh, Facebook right now. Um, yeah, just look on Facebook or Google me. You can find me on SoundCloud if you want to hear some really um, uh, outrageous antisocial stuff. Okay. Um, anyways, let me get off of here so other people can do their thing, okay? Perfect. All right, honey, appreciate you. Great pieces tonight, and I loved it. If you right. want to call in a bit and read the third one, please do. All right. Love you, girl. Peace. Love you, too, hon. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was Mr. Glenn Still. Google him. We are going to take our next caller, which comes from area code 757-757. You're on the air. Hey, it's Tamiko. I am so not ready right now. Can you come back you to me, me to... later? <laughs> <laughs> how many? How much later? Oh, you know, next couple One, two callers? callers? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank I you. I will do that, my dear. <laughs> Bye. All right. So we are going to do this. Uh That was Glenn. This one is, I'm making my notes so I don't mess up because I will. All right, so we are going to take area code 216. 216, you're on the air. Hello. Welcome home. (laughs) Thank you, Mama. I found shiny pretties. What's that? I said, I didn't realize it was Thursday, and I didn't realize you were back, so I'm glad you hit me up. (laughs) 
Yeah, I wanted to let you know that we started the show with your piece, Odenina Simone, and it was absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry I missed it. I knew that was going to happen. I come in every day for five thousand years, and then I miss one day because I think you're not back yet, and then that's what happened. Okay, so while you were gone, I wrote a new poem. I think I sent it to you. Um, and it's about a picture. I knew you would have been proud of me for taking that picture. So if you can look at the piece um, on my page or the one I sent to you. Uh, let me see if it's in the inbox. Yeah, you can see it in your inbox. And the picture is really big on that, uh, on Poetry Soup where you can see the picture. Then I'll explain it to you because I know you'll be proud of me for the picture. I'm like, Nyla will be proud of me for this picture. I stopped trying Which picture is it? I see a video. No, the last thing I sent you in the inbox says Poetry Soup. Just click on that. The the black burial? Yeah, but the picture is there. Mm-hmm. The Tell black me when you see I see the black burial suit, and there's a man sitting on a chair by a park bench. Yeah, he's sitting, at the, he's sitting on a chair by the bus stop in front of the police yeah. station and, and in front of the Shaker Town uh, Center. And he's sitting there in a black suit on a 100-degree day with a shirt on, fully dressed, nice, thin, tall, handsome man, nice shoes. And I stopped traffic to get that shot. And I said, Nyla would be proud of me. <laughs> that is an awesome shot. I know. <laughs> I, said, I wonder I what he was, why was he doing that? Well, this is my take on it. It's called the Black Burial Suit. Okay. And um, a traditional thing in the black community back in the days was, like, you always have ready your black your best black suit in case something happens to you, your funeral suit. And so um, for him to bring his own chair and put, get fully dressed in 100-degree weather and sit out there at the bus stop, I just kind of assumed he was waiting on the Lord. So um, it goes like this. When all is said and done, I saved my black suit, and if today be the day that the Lord takes me away, I am ready with my own seat, my funeral suit, and a pure heart. Lord, if you're ready, I am ready. I thank you for my beautiful self, tall, dark, and handsome. I am ready, waiting, and willing to sit by your side. There's nothing in right order in America, and I am dressed, ready to address God Almighty. I will tell you everything. If you send for me now, I am ready. I am your disciple, and I will be your angel. When you appear before me, I will give you full report. Yes, Lord, I am ready whenever you come. In other words, I ain't waiting on no bus. (laughs) (laughs) I want a a front row seat to my demise. <laughs> He's ready. I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to hide around from it. I'm. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> yes, yeah, they always tell you be ready. 
you don't know when the day or the hour, but you always supposed to have a black suit ready so you can go out mm-hmm. in style. And he's ready. He's sitting up there in the heat, well manicured, nice shoes. He don't want no socks. But uh, he's got on his best suit. He's looking good. He got his own suit. And he's ready. I love it. And, yeah, that is a phenomenal picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's my piece. Uh, couldn't wait to get back to read it, and I was almost, I was almost about to, uh, to miss the show because I didn't even know it was Thursday and didn't even know you were back. So, thanks for hitting me up. Thanks for letting me share. I love you. Welcome back, and uh, I'll talk to you real soon. All right, Mama. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Okay, you want me to read another piece and open my line back up? Okay, I will do that. Okay, all right. All right, thank you, Mama. All right, our next caller comes from area code 346. 346, you're on the air. Oh, my God, I finally made it. I have dropped like three times. I'm in the middle of a thunder and lightning storm. I had a blackout, and yet I persevered, and here I am. I missed Jay's entire piece. Just as he was coming online, I I went black. My, My entire apartment lost electricity, so I have no idea how he did uh, or or what he did, and I hope you liked him. Um, Absolutely, but anyway, yeah, right. he did fantastic. Um, so for anybody who has no idea what voice this is, um, it is Emilia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and I am in Houston, Texas, in the middle of a thunder and lightning storm. And I am here to bring you a piece. Um, so um, it's called Transportation to the Past. I'm trapped in the past with nowhere to go. Yesterday has me bound. I can't escape. Misery and pain is what continues to be my today. The chains I once thought were broken now have found me again. Stuck in a nightmare, not my own. The slavery I once was in has recaptured me. Attitude and behavior changes beginning to take over like a demon possession. Torture and searing pain again calling my name. The spirit is strong. Yet, how long before I fall to my knees in defeat? Dear God, please hear my plea. Break these chains forever. Release me from my captivity. Remove me from the past of darkness and trauma. Heavenly Father, please transport me into a loving, bright, happy future filled with joy and freedom. Distinguish the needs that have me coming, begging, pleading to be fulfilled by a master of evil and lies. 
fed by his greed of my misery. Remove the wicked in their schemes. Bring warmth of the sun to arise from the dead. I've traveled down this horrific road before. I need your power and strength to pull me from the past. There is no color, no vibrant hues, only darkness and grays. Walking through this fog of yesterday has me drained and depressed. It is difficult when blinded by the haze of negativity. His voice of disrespect and seething hate echoes through my ears day and night. For the destruction of my mind, body, and soul is once again the goal. Send out your mighty army of angels to rescue me from this time portal of the past. The lashes of the verbal within his vortex of evil is tearing me apart as I cry silent tears only my heart can hear. No one listens to my consciousness as I try to explain. It's smoke and mirrors, you see. A sophisticated magician capable of hiding the truth. I need to break free of these invisible walls that have me victimized. Living in the past is not where I should be. No options, nowhere to run. People really don't understand the pit you have to climb out of all on your own. With no tools to achieve a positive conclusion. Easy to judge when you have multiple resources and tools of your own. Just can't wrap your mind around the concept of a person without any human connection at all. No knight in shining armor to sweep me off my feet as he slays my dragons, releasing me from the past. No compassion, no understanding for those Lost in the past. So I roam the streets of old, praying I'll find my future again. Lord God Almighty, free your daughter from the hands of Satan. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, in peace. That was so powerful and so full of passion and heart. That was incredible, Amelia. Thank you. You can tell that was a so, pretty tough uh, day for you. Thank you. So you can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis. That would be E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S. I do now have a like page. Please come by and like that page. Um, you can um, access me through my um, my other page, which is Poetical Angel Queen. And uh, you can find me here most Thursday nights right here with Nyla. And um, much love, continued successes, sweetheart. Thank you, baby. Appreciate you so much. Great read tonight, honey. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye, Amelia. All right, let's go back up here and see if Tamiko's ready to 
757. You are on the air. Hey, I'm ready now. Just let me go. <laughs> Hi, honey. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Good. Um, I have a piece tonight. Um, it's from 2004, and um, it's interesting. It's called Seed, I Thank You. And I called, I said it's interesting because I haven't read it in a long time. So, um, <laughs> so I decided I'd share something that I have not, uh, it's been a long time since I wrote it. So, seed, I thank you. I am enveloped in your hand as you shake me for a moment. Then you toss me onto the ground, and I feel drops of water on my head. I try to stay above ground, but I feel myself sinking into the soil. Just when I thought my life was over, I began to sprout and grow stronger than before and I thank you in peace wow I love that you know when you got to the part where you felt the water you felt yourself sinking into the ground there was that I mean there was that that catch in the where I was hoping you were taking it in that direction because that's what I felt so strongly you did a really good job at that transitional part of the poem that made it really emotional to hear. Oh, thank you. You are very welcome. Did you have two you wanted to read, love? Actually, yeah, I think I can get to another page real quick and okay. grab another one. Let's see. I don't want to take up too much time. Did you hear the poetry pump that gave at the beginning of the show? Actually, no, I did not. What is it? The prompt was, because I think that you would have fun with it, um, the prompt was the stale walls, like okay. stale coffee or stale bread, the stale walls. Mm. Mm. Isn't that awesome? Mm. That that will be a good one. The stale yeah, walls. Or, the, I mean, or you really could change it to like these stale walls. It does make me, you know, it does conjure some thoughts, too. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, I thought it would for you. That's why I had to bring it up. Like, I wonder if she heard that. She would have fun with this, I think. Yeah, well, mm. like, um, a place to transition from into a place that um, has new walls. Mm-hmm. If one does not have enough... Uh, energy and materials to replenish them. So <laughs> those are the thoughts that come up right off the bat. <laughs> I, I might work I may work with that this week. Okay. I found something it's called life. Um this one is from 
I'm doing some old pieces. I guess you can call them old. Um, from 2011. Um, some things I haven't spoken out loud. Just wrote them down for people. So, life. The rhythm of life is loud. It's an espresso machine. Humming, buzzing, frothy, goodness on top. Masking the sweet strength. in a cup that's overflowing with possibilities. Do the miracles of life. As soft as three Stacked pillows, a colorful blanket, keeping out cold, holding in the warmth, knowing that there is Knowing that there is a roof over your head and plenty of food awaiting preparation. Life is big in peace. Life is big. You know, I I really kind of want to have coffee and a cigarette right now. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if it was the poem or the way you were reading it, but I need. I need a coffee and a cigarette now. <laughs> I, I think I have a girl crush on you right now. I'm not afraid I, to admit it. <laughs> I know. Just all the mention of coffee. I mean, that's that's one of my my favorite things in the world. And sorry for stalling on that. I was scrolling, but um, it's. Yeah, it's it's one of those times where um, I actually remember what happened too that day when I wrote that back in 2011. It's so funny; it brought that memory back. And um, I had actually just come from Barnes and Noble, um, came from the bookstore, just hanging out in in the cafe and everything with the computer and stuff, and having my coffee and everything like that. And then it was it was around yeah, it was like autumn, winter time. And it was good and cold outside, and so just coming home after having that, and then coming home into that a warm place in the blanket, and knowing that you know everything is okay, even when we're even when I'm in that space of um, wanting to complain, you realize how mm-hmm. much you really have. And so, like I said, every I I don't care if it's the worst day in your life. If you woke up the morning that morning, it's the best day in your life. 
Mm-hmm. All right, my love, tell everyone how to come find you. Um, Facebook, T-A-M-E-K-O-B-A-R-N-E-T-T-E, Tamiko Barnett. Um, I'm also, I have some pieces on timbook2.com, T-I-M-B-O-O-K-T-U.com. Under the same name, it has an author section. And then um, poetrysoup.com forward slash me forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O-1-3. So thank you Perfect. so much. You're welcome, sweetheart. I'm really glad you're here and would love to hear from you next week if you have the time. I sure will. Thank you, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 815. 815, you're on the air. Good evening, Miss Gina Storm. Hey, sweetheart, how are you? I was just thinking of you today. Awesome. It's so wonderful to be thought of. Um, King's Cadence (laughs) was busy at the moment. I told him that I was doing my due diligence because we always say that we're the poets who love poetry, so we will be remiss not to hit every show that we are able to in a given night. And I feel like we're at home here. So well, even if he can't be with I me, mean, I'm even, going to represent. Yeah, even when you're not here, there's still a place set at the table for you. There's always an empty chair. So you're missed I do. when you're not here. I appreciate here. that. It means the How world is he up. doing, by the way? He's doing wonderfully, actually. Um, he had one of those days where he gets his, like, mail order prescriptions delivered and something that he needed he didn't get today. And I think that he was kind of going through it. And it's one of those things that when you're in a relationship with an empath, he doesn't have to tell me that he's having a bad day. I feel it. Who's asking? I'm going to have to check for not getting the mail right. Nobody messes with my kids. And I was going to bring positive energy to the table to make him be able to get through it. In the That's okay. You guys can be positive. I'll be the ass kicker behind the scenes and go poke the mailman and make it get his job You know his what I'm talking about? Yes, we always need that person. I'll, I'll be, I'll be that dark shadow. I'll be your dark yes, shadow. I'll yes. take care of the nasty Ooh, shit. I love, I love your last guest. I don't know if I'm connected with her on Facebook, but I will check. And if I am not, I will send her a friend request because she gave Tamika's me life. Amazing. Yes, she gave me life, and I appreciate that. One of the wonderful things about your show is this. You have a quality and a quantity of poets that are always amazing. I'm going to do my two pieces real quick and be out your way. And this is how I tell time, coffee in the morning, wine at night. So my first piece is titled, Coffee in the Morning. I like to drink my coffee in the morning, and I want it to be sweet and light. Unlike the men in my life, I need them to be dark and strong, broad shoulders who, when I'm not right, they will correct my wrong. I want him to be able to hold me up and give me strength because when I wake up, I am not myself until I'm caffeinated. Sometimes I won't even speak. You can send me a text message, and until I've had that first sip, I will not reply. I'm doing you a favor, so trust me when I tell you why. I'm an angry, sometimes ornery, and one week out of the month, unapproachable and horny female (laughs) was ruled by her 
feelings and her emotions and sometimes her hormones too. So please, when I tell you, baby, I can't talk to you. I'm having a relationship right now with soldiers, and I need that to be the best thing in my cup because I woke up, and I like to be internationally engaged when I'm having that cup. I want to be happy always, even if I'm not using a passport or frequent flyer miles most days. Know this. I just bought white chocolate raspberry creamer for my cup. I used to use two spoons of sugar, but I gave that up. It was an addiction just like heroin, so I'm told, because I have never done anything except smoke marijuana in all the days that I've lived and in 50 in December, I'll be 50 years old, so know this when I tell you. I know one thing for certain, two things for sure. I cannot be your friend, and I will not speak to you, nor will I reply to a message that I've received without my coffee because it makes me happy. And that's how I tell time, coffee in the morning and wine at night in peace. <laughs> I always tell the men in my life that the only man that could ever steal me away from them is Juan Valdez. <laughs> oh, yes, girl, I will be following him and that donkey wherever they go. Unless it's Mr. Clean in them white jeans. I'll hey, tell you what. <laughs> for that ball head, that earring, what you talking about? Oh, what you talking? yeah, that commercial where he said, he can get the business. The broom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I already know. Oh, yeah. So this is a yeah. twofer. Coffee in the morning, wine at night. Today I was in Myers. I don't know if there's one near your home, but there are several up and through here. I'm in a suburb outside of Chicago, born and raised in the 815. Joliet is the place that I call home. I am a globe charter, and I love the life that I live. I have a wireless microphone, and I tell everybody how Mike and Will travel. But let me explain something to you about the way that I live. I can't stay in a hotel that doesn't have a complimentary breakfast in the morning. Room service will be better, and a robe and slippers as well. But I will take this if you got to, because of your budget, downscale. Trust and believe when I'm taking care of me and I'm making my own accommodations, you know where I'll be, someplace that is amazing. And the first thing that I need in the morning is my coffee. But at night, I like to sip on wine. I like it to be chilled already and preferably sweet. I don't want to get caught with that little, ooh, what the hell, behind my ear because it was sour and I wasn't ready, see. I don't even care if it's not bubbly. I don't have to drink a spumante or a champagne to feel like I am wearing my crown or that I'm royalty. No. Moscato will work just fine. If you don't have it by the bottle, then I don't even know how you flow. I can't comprehend the words coming out your mouth if you're not popping corks with me by the the end of the day. And at some point, I'm going to have to herbally medicate. I will roll it, light it, smoke it, but something's going to kick in immediately, and that will be cotton mouth. So I'll tell you how, if you want to stimulate this queen, I'm not talking about down south. I am sapiosexual, so if you want to get next to me, you're going to have to be bright like I am. I will not dumb down my conversation, nor will I change 
the contents of my libation. In the morning, I will tell you one more again. I drink coffee, and then I can be your friend. And at night, after the sun has set, I have no regrets because I will pop a bottle and drink the whole damn thing if it's Moscato. I, ladies and gentlemen, am a wine head without shame. I'm Gina Storm. Thank you for indulging me in peace. (laughs) That was awesome. You know what's really funny is my son is working for one of my friends, helping her do some stuff at a building that they own in Salem. And, And she gave him a bottle. I can't remember what kind of Moscato it was. But I'd never had it before. I can't remember what flavor it was, but I'd never had it. I'm a red wine drinker. And he didn't, oh, okay. he didn't drink wine, so he brought it home and gave it to me. And I opened the bottle, and I thought, well, I might as well try it. I opened the bottle and took a couple sips, and oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It, was like, it, was, it was like sex in your mouth. It was it is. the it really best is. thing it is in the world. It was so And red wine, good. the first thing that came to mind was sangria. And there was a lady in the store today. She was in the aisle with me, and I already had my wine. And I said, are you looking for a sparkling wine? She said, yeah. I said, I drink Verde on special occasions, but I'm a Moscato drinker. But you can try this one. There's also a Bubbly by Barefoot. And the price point, I don't spend more than $10 for a bottle of wine. I know people who spend thousands of dollars on a bottle of wine. That's your business. I can get that's the what, same That's what this Moscato was. Still, for 10 bucks. When I tasted that Moscato, it was like, oh, my God. And I texted Rebecca, and I said, what kind of bottle? Where did you get this? It was so good. So then I thought, oh, I'm just going to order a case of this online because I just have to, mm. you know, just in case a special case, and I have to have this, right? It was yes. $300 a bottle. I just sat, I just like, if I don't know that was $300 a bottle of wine, I would have freaking gotten naked in a hot tub or, or put on high heels and shaved my legs. I would have put curlers in my hair. I would have worn a dress, you know, something. I know it. <laughs> and, and, and don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Like, I have people who afford to buy bottle, good bottles you know? of wine. I'm not that person. <laughs> I, look, hold on. I ball out on a budget. But if you drink wine every day and you have a contingency, this is my budget, this is my price point, not more than $10 a bottle. So if I'm not spending mm-hmm. more than ten dollars a bottle in a month, that same three hundred that you spent on one bottle, I spent for the entire month. I had a bottle every right? day. And I'm I not trying to get a, drunk. I took a bottle. I took a bottle of peach moscato with me when I went camping mm. and sat there one night yes. and and had some peach moscato. It was so good. It was good. It wasn't three hundred dollar bottle of wine. I'll tell you that bottle no. was worth every penny. It was worth every penny. I've never tasted anything like that. But the peach moscato was awesome, too, and it was like 8 bucks, so we're good. Real talk. <laughs> this is what I was telling the lady in Myers today. I was like, if you have a price point, and mine is $10, $12 if it's a special occasion. You know, my birthday, New Year's. <laughs> well, I go, oh, my girl, look at me. Ah, popping bottles. But for $10, dollars, really, I promise today. you, I can drink something that's sweet and delicious, and we'll get the job done. So, um... <laughs> I am a wine head on a budget. Now, if it's your budget, I, you know, the sky's the limit. But if it's my budget, I know where I live. I know what my responsibilities yep. are, and I'm living within my budget. My mom if was I like, was a you millionaire, I, I would drink that wine. I would I would splurge oh, on it, that. Yeah, it would I can't be even worth tell it. you. And, and, and it wouldn't affect your bottom line because as a millionaire, mm-hmm. 300 bottle of wine is, again, changed. So that would be your price point. But I would come over and drink it with you, okay? 
and we would toast and cheers, and I would freestyle until I lost my voice. I promise. <laughs> that works. That works. <laughs> All right, my darling Gina, tell everyone how they can show you some love, baby girl. Okay, they can, they can show me some love actually tonight at Full Purpose Pins. The host is going to be Mr. Boston, and King's Cadence and I will be in the building supporting DSR tonight. So please call into Blog Talk. I will leave the flyer in the event page, and that's where I'll be this evening. But I can be wherever the poets are, because I'm the poetess who loves poetry. It's Gina with an E Storm at Gina Storm. Gina Storm Freestylist, Spoken Word Freestylist is my artist page. Storm's Cadence is my page with my partner in rhyme and the love of my life, King's Cadence, as well as our YouTube page, our Instagram, and our Twitter. Thank you for indulging me. You're very welcome. And make sure you put the link to the show on my page so everyone can find it real easily. I will, absolutely. Thank you for Perfect. having me. All right, Gina, love thank you, you see you next We'll week. talk to you soon, honey. <laughs> Bye-bye. Absolutely. All right. That was Miss Gina Storm. Check out my page for the link she's going to be sharing on there. And let's go ahead and bring on our next caller, which is area code. Yo-ho, yo-ho, maritime life for me. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? How did you, how did you know it was you? When I heard the beep in my ear and you started singing Maritime Life. <laughs> <laughs> Something fishy going on around here. Hi, Andy. Hi. Want to introduce yourself to everybody? Okay. okay. This is Andy calling in from the east coast of Canada. It is very That's good it. to hear from you. We have not heard from you for a while. No. It's been very, very busy. You're just stingy. So, yeah, stingy that's with it. your softness. Oh, I can only allot out so much of me to Nyla. <laughs> oh wow. There's only so much of me to go around. <laughs> and you and you talk like that and you were an ascot, right? <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> no, I know you wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. So I have so a story you been up for you. To? Okay. Nothing. <laughs> Aside from working. No, see, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I've had so much going on, I have not been able to call in. What have you been up to? Uh, Nothing. Uh, what? <laughs> Think well, about this hiking, for a minute. Think a about reading. Okay. Okay, a lot of hiking, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, and it's summer, so it's biking, and yeah. Okay, now I'm I working. feel better. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's Post much better answer than nothing. <laughs> nothing. Come on, just because I wrote a poem about being a stalker doesn't mean I am. <laughs> it it doesn't? No. You guys have all heard oh, my okay. stupid stalker poem on here. It was Andy that gave me the prompt to write that. We, we decided one night to challenge each other to... See who could write the creepiest stalker poem. Yeah, and you kind of beat me. <laughs> I won. I so won. <laughs> well, I have a different type of story for you this evening. I hope so. Well, here we go. All that is left of her is a grainy photo. 
black and white, face barely visible, sad, over 43 years, the only memory or trace of her of the time spent on Earth. Miss Gracie had disappeared from the lives of my parents when she got on her old bike and went to visit her aunt and uncle, who lived just down the road. This community was small. Mostly everybody knew everybody. It was nothing odd about having kids walking or biking up the road alone. The elders always kept an eye out, with the exception of this one time. Hours later, all they found was Miss Gracie's bike laying in a muddy roadside ditch. Every person in the village had called and search started. Farmers' fields and woods scoured. For weeks, somebody was always searching. Local radio kept pleading for tips, and there was a lot of people that saw nothing. Not positive which one of my parents gave up on finding Miss Gracie first. Both of them. It was decades later. Before then, every phone call or door knock gave hope that hope would be taken away. I was 10 when Miss Gracie disappeared. She was 7 at the time. Did not know how that moment would define everything in our lives after. I was never allowed to travel alone. No neighborhood kid was. We're all home well before dark, and our parents knew where we were. My kids have gone through the same, checking at home at all times. Those rules have never changed under any circumstance. My children have resented me. However, they are safe, so I do not care. Never once did I explain why. Felt like I did not have to. There's an old grainy photo as a reminder for why. End poem. Wow, is that a true story? Uh, I think so. I always have to ask. <laughs> uh, Could have been a blister. On, I read. <laughs> well, I, there, it's a couple things. I read a news article about um, somebody that had disappeared over 40 years ago locally, and nobody had ever found this person in missing persons. And it was. They say it was a cold case, but they're still kind of working on it. Um, so I wrote out the poem Grady, Grainy Photo because I was in, I was visiting a very small town where you would bike up and down the road and do all this stuff and do everything we did when we were kids and yeah so the story itself, the, the person missing is true the, and you filled in the blanks and I filled in the blanks, yes yeah. that's what I do <laughs> What I do, I drink and I know things. Oh, wait. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not a Tyrian. Do you want to read two tonight, Andy? Do you have two for us? Sure. Okay. You ready? Uh huh. Just thinking, 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 thinking. All right, I have a short one. Okay. Okay. It's four pages long, maybe five. I know those poems I'm kidding <laughs> the world Don't you have one that's like rings. 27 pages I, I do have there. one that's like 14, 15 pages long I have more than one that's actually over 10 pages long I have more Sometimes than one you guys like feel, six or seven. In, Intentionally set up I'm going to write an epic poem What about I don't know I'm just going to write an epic poem this weekend It's going to be 100 pages Go Andy <laughs> <laughs> And he does. I don't know how it happens. 
No, I've I've written. I just got done reading or writing one that was like ten some odd pages long. It's called The Farmhouse. It's actually posted on my page. I guess I should go stalk you then, right? You've only yeah. It's under my photos. It's under my photos. There's a photo album called The Farmhouse. Okay. Like all my epic poems are in albums. Mhm. So yeah, you just. Click on one and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Just use me, folks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. The world is flying with dark wings today. There's a harsh cloud covering us all. The disdained how we fly. Journeys are being misled in life. Angers are coloring pure wings to the colors of rage. Peace and love are being murdered and raped by ignorance. We are not trying to see or feel what is proper in flight. Storms are being man-made by all blind angels. The grime needs to be washed away, soil presence to be cleansed, so we can feel the fresh winds. You cannot take in openly with dirty, dark wings. And pump. Wow. You know, hang on a second. Where is it? Told you we're short. <laughs> Andrew Scott writes with unique clarity. His impartial, (laughs) empathetic clairvoyance takes us inside humanity, the good, the bad, and the ugly, inside the flesh and bones of ourselves. With the creatures he creates, many based on real people he meets, Andy shows us life's inner workings, the complexity in the simplicity, the truth of ourselves hiding under the surface. His poetry opens windows to the soul, showing us what lies inside. It is impossible to hear his storytelling poetry and prose and walk away unaffected. I remember that review. I do, too. That was a good review. Yes, you wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I figured I'd better get some more use out of it. There's All a true right. story. Awesome. I have a, I have a very I have a very quick true story though. Sure. I was having coffee with uh, somebody that I just met, and they were they were like I was very intimidated meeting you. Okay, and I was like why? And I had my binder with me, <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, because I was afraid you were going to write about me. And I went no, and I closed my binder. <laughs> <laughs> were you, were you writing about them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Like, I don't I don't I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's not the first time I was caught doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a creepy, wasn't it? No, it was uh, a a friend of a friend of mine who had MS, and they wanted to talk to me about the bike ride and stuff like that at the time. This was a few years back. I actually did write a poem once about a guy that was getting a divorce while some guy was beside me that I used to work with on an airplane complaining about his separation. So I was writing it down as a poem. (laughs) 
I don't know how I never get caught. <laughs> I don't either. No. Sometimes you do. Sometimes I have getting caught, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. All right, so tell us about your book, Sandy. Uh, you can find my books on Amazon.com. I didn't say where to find uh, them. I said tell us about them. Well, what do you want to know about them? I don't know. <laughs> well, somebody walks up and they see these piles of books. What are these books, Andy? I have uh, now five poetry and prose books. Um, they're not themed. They're just, uh, I'm going to say journals of my life. They are in chronological order. And there's like almost any topic that you can think of is in them. And for fun, the last few ones I've actually started putting in the epic poems at the end. You know, so you have to read all the small ones, and then you get to a ten pager. <laughs> you know. Um, and then I also put out a photography book of my little adventures while I'm out taking photography, like losing a car, uh, thinking I'm about to get attacked by a bear, you know, things like that. And where I was at the time in the pictures, and yeah. That that's kind of fun. Uh, well, it was it was just something a little different that I decided to put out. And like as you know, I like hiking and biking and taking my camera with me when I do it. And there's been some times where you know I did lose my car for 24 hours accidentally, um, in the snow, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't know what to say, Andy. <laughs> it's like I so, should just yeah. shut up and let you talk. <laughs> oh, we don't need that. <laughs> uh, now you can tell everyone how they can come show you some love. Okay. So you, well, you so can, you can write book. a poem about them. Have you ever wrote a poem about yeah. me? I wouldn't be able to tell you. You'd have to figure Why? it out. That's the whole that's the whole mystique about it. I am not gonna stalk your page just trying to find out. But I would really be <laughs> sad if you didn't. I may have. <laughs> that's okay, I've written one about you too. <laughs> I uh generally don't tell people when I wrote something about them. <laughs> Do they normally no. ask? Some people have. Like I just did. I wanted to know. Yes, and I generally don't tell them. However, and I will put this in because everybody's gone through this. When everybody finds out that you write, they ask you to write a poem about them. Can you write one for me? And I just look and at them and go, can't. you've never, well, one, you kind of can't, but knowing my style, I just look at them and go, have you ever really read one of my poems? <laughs> so what you're saying is my poem isn't pretty. <laughs> you want to know what the poem I wrote for you? Sure. Stalker Roses one. are red, violets <laughs> are blue. Here is a poem I wrote for you. <laughs> Do you like it? I like it. Good. Because it's, yeah, it's always my favorite to one. me. <laughs> it's always it's always my favorite when somebody asks me to write a poem for them and I'm like, ah, the last one I wrote it was about a person disappearing for like forty years 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what kind of? So that's what you are. You're like this. You're like a sociopath with a pen instead of a knife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what evil oh, can goodness. I befall upon this person? <laughs> well, when I get, when I, I have a friend of mine actually. I have a, I have a, I have a series of poems that I've called Joe poems. I have a friend of mine by the name of Joe, who you know about, and if I, I've done some really f- bad things to him in poems, <laughs> and I always I put his name it. in the title, so he knows straight out. <laughs> oh, that's so demented. Why am I smiling happily? <laughs> <laughs> the last poem I wrote about him, I actually made him a grandmother and made him an alcoholic that was you know, <laughs> an alcoholic grandmother. Wow, an you don't mess around, do you? <laughs> no, with shingles even. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God, Andy, how can we find you again? You can find me on Facebook, just Andrew Scott. Uh, you can find my books on Amazon. Uh, just type in Andrew M. Scott, and they should pop up. The last one's called Searching, and I have a website, just andrewmscott.com. That's pretty much it. Very cool. Very cool, sir. All right. Call back in if you want to read another one, or call back next week if you want to read another one. Just come back. Oh, okay. I will. Because it's the end of your busy season. You may be able to fit us in now. Yes. (laughs) To say, it might be kind of fun. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Andy. Love right. you. Love you too. Bye. Bye, baby. <laughs> All right. So our next caller comes from area code. I'm going to be a snitty now. Our, our next caller comes from area code eight six three eight six three. You're on the air. Oh, eight six three. I don't want to hear myself. Oh, oh, um, oh, um. <laughs> Hello, Nyla. Uh-oh. Hi, Let me Maureen. turn this down. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh no. Um. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay, I gotta turn down. I was. Hi, Maureen. Um. Hello, Nyla. I'm sorry How about that. How are you, my sunshine? Um. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. And oh, and and Andy was talking about, you know, about the poems he written for other people. He wrote one mm-hmm. dedicated to me and Gary. And I'll I know I'll have to get it out for you n- next week if you want me. If Andy let me, well, let me read it. Oh, can, I bet he would love that. Okay, I'll or get it out. Send him a message. Yes, yeah, send him a message and ask him if he wants to read it or if he wants you to read it. Right, he might want to read it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Because okay. he said he was inspired writing it when um I wrote I I read a poem about about them twelve um dead r- roses that Gary yeah. got me and I didn't want to throw them out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's yep. a guy that I used to name. I didn't used to know. I still know. There was a guy I used to like named Ken. And he lived in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, and I had a chance to go to Las Vegas, and and 
uh, on business, but saw him while I was there, and he walked around. We walked around one night, and you know, gave me the whole tour of the city, and it was just beautiful and magical. And and he bought me a rose, and I still have that rose. It's sitting up there on a shelf in this little thing that's dried and stuck in this test tube looking thing. <laughs> but I still wow. have that rose because it was such an awesome memory. So I wow. think I think I think we all, you know. I understand the 12 dead roses because that isn't what you saw when you looked at them. Yes. But to me, it wasn't really dead, even though people think it's dead. It might look dead, but to me, it wasn't. It was still alive. It was preserved. It was preserved. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So what do you have for us tonight, my darling okay. girl? Oh, and, um, oh, yeah, um, last um Monday. Yeah, we could mm-hmm. go last Monday. I would after I checked the mail, I um I went out there and checked the, um my sleeping hibiscus plant, and there was mm-hmm. this yellow butterfly right there on the plant. Then it flew, went on the other tree, then it flew back off the tree and went back on the plant. Then it come to me, and then it went around me. I and I was oh my god, I was so excited, so excited, and I jumped up like I was dancing. I was so excited, and then it come, then it went right in front of me. And then it was hovering around in front of me, fluttering around in front of me, like it was saying, come. And I was so excited. I think I <laughs> hollered so loud. And, and that it flew. It, it, I haven't, I've been looking for it every day. I know that was Gary coming to set tell I me. was going to say that, that, that hugs was come in the strangest ways, don't they? Yes. Yes. And and I have I a friend you. that we only see each other on a bus every now and then. She rides a, a Winter Haven a city bus. Anyway, she told me a while back, if I'm very, because she said her husband still talks to her in her ear, and he's been gone for uh, years. She, and mm-hmm. So I remember what she said, well, is, this is after I've seen that yellow butterfly. Well, I was real, um, um, real quiet. I was on the couch. And I heard him whisper in my ear and saying, I love you, honey. I heard Aww. him as clear as them. Wow. And I she's right. You. If you're really still, you can hear him talk in your ear. Mhm. Mhm. So tell me what poem you're going to read to your beloved husband, Mr. Okay. Gary. I'm going to um, okay, I'm gonna, um, read the one I wrote about the yellow butterfly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, this is called The Yellow Butterfly. Oh, butterfly, oh, my yellow butterfly, my teddy bear darling, I know that it was you coming from heaven, whispering, I love you, my sweetheart. When I approached the plant, the yellow butterfly flew off, going to another tree close by, then returned on the plant, then came to me, circling me and fluttering, right in front of me, as if it was saying, everything will be all right. There is still hope. I love you, my sweetheart, forever and more. I will always be right there with you, and that's my promises to you. Oh, butterfly, oh, my yellow butterfly, my teddy bear darling, I know God sent you down to earth as my yellow butterfly. The most beautiful yellow butterfly I have ever seen. You brought me happiness, love, and joy, and hope. Oh, butterfly, oh, my yellow butterfly, my teddy bear darling, 
I just want some hugs and kisses from you. I love you with all my heart forever and more. Oh, butterfly, oh, my yellow butterfly, my teddy bear darling, now you are free of pain, cares, and worries of this world. The end. That was beautiful, Noreen. Well, thank you. you know, absolutely beautiful. Hug, hugs from strange places. Yes. I, I knew exactly what you're feeling. As soon as you started, I could hear it in your voice. Are you going to read us another one? Um, can I read one of Gary's? Absolutely, every single time, yes, please. Okay, and this is you the know one he You know what's funny? I don't know mm-hmm. if you have access, access to his account or not, but you know how I say that You know, our, our physical bodies are organic. They have to go sometime, right? Right. You know that every single week I still send Gary a, a invite to the show? Yes. Because it just it just seems wrong. It would seem wrong for me not to. Right. You know, I know he's not physically here anymore, but he is still always here. And so yes. I, every week I still send him a request. Mm-hmm. I, because wherever he is, I don't want him to look down there and say, what, no, nah, yes, I'm not, I'm not going to forget about you. <laughs> yeah. You're still I here do. with me, honey. <laughs> I do have his account because, see, when he was alive, he got he wouldn't want to do all that, so he got me to do everything for him. So I know all his passwords and everything. He got me to do everything mm-hmm. for him. And Good. he just proved what, uh, he tells me what to put up there, and I do it. So I got every, I feel I know everything what he, on there of his. So I can still get on his Facebook page, and I can still get on um, his Reverb Nation page and everything. And even um, everything he ever put up there, because he had me do it. He didn't want to do all that. He said I was better at it. <laughs> There's more than one way to skin a chicken, right? And get us to do what you want us to do. <laughs> honey. <laughs> but Help I have this, I, honey. <laughs> but, but before he had the stroke, he didn't want to. Um, I told him, well, I can't do it this time. You know, you say thank you because for the people who um on his birthday, I told him you had to do that on your own because it wouldn't be right <laughs> me typing it for him. So he did. Good girl. Good girl. Yes. <laughs> All right. Which mm-hmm. one of his are you going to share, honey? Okay. And this is the one that you, uh, he, this is a, a, a poem that you gave him a poetry prompt on. And, mm-hmm. and he got so excited because you gave him a poetry prompt. And, and, mm-hmm. and you told him, write one with a title called One, Two, Three Days of New Year. And this is what he wrote because of the poetry prompt you gave him. And thank you for giving him that poetry prompt. He enjoyed doing it. I remember that. <laughs> okay. Okay, one, two, three days of New Year. Um, taxes, you think about them. Where has the old Erie gone? Where's my darling since that New Year's night? While Mother Nature has gone dormant and everything that dies is dead, we look forward to spring to bring everything to life again. The snow here and there is cold and freezing and we get the sniffles of the season. This year has just begun, and our hopes are high to enjoy a better one. The real daily life is in effect to be more responsible and be sure to work every day on something. Food stamps are just gifts from the elite above to keep the workforce in control from the rich above. 
happy from above. The end. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm so glad he had yep. fun with that. Yes, he did. Yep. That was beautiful, Noreen. Mm-hmm. All right, my darling girl, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find your and Gary's writings, where it's published mm-hmm. at, how they can come say hello to you. Okay. Um, you can find our books on Amazon.com, and um, and only a couple of them um, it has an e-book too, and the others I had to get the make the do the e-book yet, but I'm still working on it. our other book. We're going to do before he passed away. We're going to have it. Done. It's going to be love poems. But I haven't got it done yet. I'm gonna get back to it, and um, and then you can find our on find us on um, uh, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot webs wix. Wait, let me say it again. Get, you can find us on our <laughs> website, um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot wix dot com front slash poetry, and you can find um us on both of us on. Reverb Nation, you can find us on Wikinut, and um, you can find us um, both of us on PoetryPoem.com, and you can, um, oh, there's so many. Um, we, we also, <laughs> Googleable, Googleable. Googleable. Yes, <laughs> ma'am, you are. <laughs> All right, great job, sweetheart. Thank you so much for making the time to come here for sharing your piece and for sharing Gary's with us as well. And you okay. will be here next week? Yes, I'll be here next week. Awesome, awesome. All okay. right, sweetheart. Thank you, Noreen. Okay, you're welcome. Okay. Bye, baby. Oh, and I want to um, mm-hmm. thank all the sponsors. I can't remember them all. Um, I want to thank all the sponsors um, for um, sponsoring um, this, this show for, for, the, uh, for the year. And thank you, um, Nida and, and and Christopher Ryan, and um, and 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 um, uh oh, oh Quig, oh Michael Quig, yeah Michael Quig, <laughs> for um from hosting the show, and I want and, and so it's a poet to have a venue. Thank you very much. We You're sure appreciate welcome, you, honey. and we love you. Okay. We love you as well. Thank you. You're you very welcome. both. Okay. All right, honey. <laughs> Bye-bye, sweetheart. Okay, okay. And, yeah, well, I'll see you later. I don't say the word goodbye. My mom <laughs> taught me that years ago. Do I ever say goodbye? I don't do that. I say, see you later. I'll see you later. All right, Noreen, I will see you later. Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 513. 513, you're on the air. 513, are you with me? Hi. This is Richard Armand. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. You want to repeat your name? It got cut off. Yes, my name is Richard Armand. Hey, Richard. How are you doing, honey? I am doing well. How about yourself? Absolutely wonderful. What's going on with you? Uh, I live with this. I live with that. Um, I have a piece for you. Um... I think that's my first time on this show. And I will do a piece um, for this. <laughs> uh, I'll do I Fell in Love with a Poetess. Is that okay with okay. you? Yes. All right. 
right. I fell in love with a poetess. For when we stood in the garden during the autumn mist, we began to kiss to breathe life in my collapsing lungs. And as my lungs expanded from the breath of your poetic kiss, your name began to drip to be sipped from the tip of my tongue. I cling unto the melodies from my lips as your praises were sung. And with the melodies clinging steadily, you began to bless me with your lyrical medley. Intellectually advanced, I was entranced, for your words were speaking two steps ahead of me. With my conscience raised to another dimension from your oral composition, though my understanding within reach, for I deciphered your words backwards to retrace the history of your poetic speech. In finding that we belong together. And even though foretold that many challenging storms we need the weather, we both agree that two poets from pen love letters should always flock together. That the night you became the queen of my dreams. As we went dancing and romancing with passion as our theme, arriving with red roses and dark chocolates in a black rennet limousine. And the night was still young, so let the evening get started. The chauffeur opened the door and rolled out the red carpet. And you pranced while you advanced, creating magic at first glance from my mind conjured up visions of our future romance. And my eyes approved the sensuous grooves from your moves, as if you was gliding slowly in cohesion along the hypnotic slow dance. And with the red roses and dark chocolates in a limousine car, it appeared that you were impressed with what you had seen thus far, but you had the standards of a queen, so I went to the stream to raise the bar by hiring the paparazzi to take a picture of a star. And with picture balls flashing, and you smile while basking from the attention and the questions that the paparazzi were asking. So off in the limo, the destination was a dance floor for bonding the bill rapport for Baby, I adored you, and I was beginning to start to love you, hoping you'd feel in the same way, too. And as the music played, our bodies swayed, the temperature rose, but I left unfazed, for I confess that I was refreshed just by standing in the midst of your presence. No drink soda or serve, I took many sips from your essence. 100% proof on filter and pure. I savored your flow as a refined connoisseur while intoxicating my mind with the ferment wine of your allure. And as I caressed the outline of a feminine frame, bedroom desires became inflamed. And those flames were not contained while verbal massaged the sensual part of your brain with the help of love songs from Maxwell crooning via the speaker's fan and flame. So we headed off from the dance floor back to the rented limousine where we headed to a hotel to unwind to blow off some steam. As our head splashed down to the bed of pillows of wet imagery scenes as our pillow talk spilled over into liquefied dreams. Dreams that made the moon blush and sweat beads of moonbeams till the sun came to relieve and midnight turned into noon dreams. And even past noon, we were still turned on, so we reversed the hands of times of the clockwork orange to the mood that was set Around 12 o'clock last night, where we both reached our peaks of orgasmic heights. For during that night, we conceived. And nine months later, we gave birth. 
and we named her Poetry. Poetry at its best. And that's why I fell in love with you, Poetess. And that's that piece. That was absolutely beautiful. I mean, beyond beyond the concept of the poem, the subject matter of the poem, you know, just the, the deep and intimate beauty of it. What really struck me about your writing, and I don't know if anyone's told you this before, but and this is going to sound so funny because you have a very your, your spoken word is true spoken. In, in my mind, your your writing is a very perfect example, poster child for what spoken word poetry should be. There's a real rhythmic quality to the way that you write that is very bardish, very Shakespearean. And I don't know if anyone's ever oh, told you that before. But Shakespeare no. wrote, <laughs> when Shakespeare wrote, he wrote very in a very melodical way. Now he did, you know, the the you know, the sonnets and things like that. There was a cadence to the way he wrote. But what he was a master at is what you were showing throughout this entire piece. And I'm going to give you an example. Um, it's like the internal, the, the, the random internal rhyme schemes that you use in your sentences is something that I absolutely love. Um, with the, the sound rhymes, the internal sound rhymes, the near rhymes in it. And an example was you used the word mind and wine. Okay. Yes. So the word mind does not rhyme with the word wine. Right. Okay, but the way you said them, the way you delivered them, the performance of them, which you see a lot in Shakespearean writing, was you put the stress of the word on the I sound, mind, wine. Right. So by putting right. the stress on the I sound in it, now you're doing a sound rhyme instead of a word rhyme. But both words yeah. also have a near rhyme quality, so which they use right. a lot in songwriting. So if you ever yes. actually read the lyrics of a song, there's two words that absolutely do not rhyme or go together at all. But when you hear the song, it just flows perfectly, you know. And so that's what you did by putting, I mean, sentence after sentence throughout the entire piece had this quality to it that I absolutely, absolutely love. And if you are not familiar mm -hmm. with Shakespeare, um, I would pull out a couple of his movies. It takes about four or five times watching a Shakespeare movie. It's like learning a foreign language. Once the speech pattern sets in your brain, all of a sudden it clicks, and you're not trying to figure it out anymore because your brain sorts it out for you. It's like muscle memory. Right. Um, right. But, I, but I would really, like The Tempest would be a good one. The, the language in The Tempest is great. Midsummer's uh, Night Dream, the, the language in that you would be able to recognize really well. You know, for you, I think hearing the language, and if you paid really close attention to the way that you write, which is your internal voice, and actually listen to Shakespeare without thinking it's too nerdy, which I'm a really big Shakespeare. Oh yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you, I think that you would recognize yourself in that writing. I think it would be familiar to you. You know, oh, I think there's a very old soul to your very modern way of writing. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And actually, I did. Yeah. I, I studied them back actually in high school. I did, did British you? Lit. Yes, I had yeah. British Lit, so we had to read a lot of Shakespearean. So we had to read. We had to read a lot of uh, literary writing from back in the old old days. So um, I'm familiar with it. I'm not saying that I mm -hmm. I actually remember a lot of it. However, 
I did read a lot of it back then. Um, and then yeah, just kind of studied different Every other fingerprint people. that touches us, when we're little, we're like clay. And every fingerprint yes. that touches us, everything that influences our growing, it's like information you yes. put in a computer. You know, so maybe that early influence had a bigger fingerprint on, than, on you than you thought. You know, I think that the way you write is very natural for you. I think it's the way, I think the way you write is the way you think inside your head. Yes, and thank you. I, I appreciate so, that. <laughs> so I think that that, that language, I'm, I think that that language, that Shakespearean language would have been very familiar to you without, with, even if you didn't know it then. You know, I, I think maybe you should go back and study. Look at that a little bit. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> yeah, just, just exactly. kind of just poke, poke mm. it with a stick a little and see what you see. <laughs> and next time when you call in, tell me uh, tell me if you get what I'm trying to say not so gracefully. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, no, no, what no, I'm trying to tell you, but <laughs> I, I think it's, it's going to be like walking into a room where everyone has the same accent as you. I think I think that from your writing that when you walk through life sometimes you know they don't get it the way you do. Yeah. Well, well, uh, somebody at the poetry spot, one of the poet open mics, uh, uh, he told me it's like a you you one of your pieces remind me of Pablo Neruda, and if you're not familiar mm-hmm. with him, you need to get oh, familiar with him is. right now. No, and I, I took exactly a, I is. took him. <laughs> I, I said, you know what? I, I heard of the name. I never really got familiar, but I actually went back and and, and read a lot of his work and everything else of that, and listened to you know people reciting his poetry and everything. Um, so what you're saying to me is something that's uh, needed because if I like to study different people and just kind of take what I can, weed out the things I don't. It's not me, and and take the little things I can from them. So I do appreciate what you're telling me. There is a movie called The Postman about Pablo Neruda. I think that you should, The Postman. I, I heard of that. I heard of that. If you haven't seen okay, that, I won't you take should, a look at that. Yeah, you should watch that movie. He was probably one of the greatest romantic, passionate, yes. what I call, he was yes. probably one of the greatest erotic poets. And for me, erotica is that place that gets inside your head that makes your brain cells melt. It has nothing to do with looking at a body physically. It has nothing to do with the physical mm-hmm. acts that are performed. Erotica is that 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 dark shadow that just swallows you inside your head. That's what yes. erotica is. It's the mind, the kind of the mind mush of it all. Yeah. Um, and he's he's like one of the best, absolutely one of the best at that. You know, yes. being able to write something yes. that seems so innocent, but at the same time, you're ripping your panties off and throwing them at the computer and putting them <laughs> in your desk, saying, I'm with you, man. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you this. I write most love poems. I think 99, 99.9% of my poems are love poems uh, and just a little bit about me. And uh, I write for the inspiration uh, three books of the Bible. And that is the Songs of Solomon, Proverbs, and the Book mm-hmm. of Psalms. Because mm-hmm. I believe that those are King, Songs of Solomon is that, that you put love in the right context. You, you know, you put it in the right context where you're not speaking on what you do to that person other than the, the young lady, other than you, 
hey, I want to romance your mind. I want you mm-hmm. to be uh, into me in a uh, not not necessarily automatically in a physical way because if I want to get your mind, that will come back, that will come later. So once you trust me and you and I lure you in, then all the other things will come unto you as long as you do it within the right context. Have you ever seen so anyone? This... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Have you ever seen one of these people at the carnival that have like these these metal balls that they spin around on their fingertips, and they go in circles and they're they, they're balancing them and juggling them in one hand and spinning them around? Have you ever seen that? Yes. Mhm. Kind of like kind of like David Bowie did at the end of the movie Labyrinth. You know, with the crystal balls yeah. really spinning in its hands. Oh, I haven't seen that movie years. <laughs> but I know <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. If you can, if you can do that to a woman's mind, if you can spin her brain on the end of your fingertips like that with your writing, because yeah. that's what that's what he can do with his writing. So that you know, to be yeah. able to understand that that is that is the true that is a woman's true heroine is to right. have someone to be able to spin her brain on the end of their fingertips like those little crystal balls in circles. Yeah. That's that's a that's a good thing. Yes. I, and just real quick, I would say this. Um I fell in love with poetess is actually I wrote that because um it's mostly women who are non poets who would tell you do not date a poet. And I agree with that only if that person is not backing up their talk. But I disagree with a whole, almost 90% of it because I believe that, that if that poet is able to back up his talk, is not using this gift to pervert it, use, using a gift to, in a perverted way, and that's just to you know get, attain certain things that you want, I believe dating a poet is actually a wonderful thing because a, a poet is um, vast in his uh, his speech he's very creative and if you're creative in speech you can be creative in the in the physical world meaning as far as doing things for you that usually uh you wouldn't think of and that's where that derived from that's so how i fell in love with the poetess i'm like well you know not necessarily that even though i'm saying poetess um but i feel the exact same way it's like you know it's get with somebody who is a poet and when two poets get together that's, it could be incredible because you're able to express yourself very well. You should be able to articulate yourself, you know, without going to uh, using, you know, the silent treatment and things like that or just being abrupt. But you should be able to speak yourself and, your, and, and uh, articulate yourself well, your feelings well. And I think that would okay, be so a, a dynamic um, way to, do, you know, to date. I, I think that that can be a good thing, and I'm following your logic. And I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. I understand the concept mm-hmm. behind what you're saying. But those yeah. of you who know me, this is your first time on the show, but those of you who are listening yeah. that know me know that I, it's like taking, it takes hell and high water to get me to play one of my own poems or read one of my own poems. <laughs> so this is a rarity, okay? But I have to play this for right. you. I have a poem I'm going to play okay. for you that I did. Only because okay. what you're talking about, I had someone try to talk me in, who's a poet, and I'm a poet, and they were mm-hmm. trying to talk me into, you know, poets together are a great relationship and be my muse and all that romantic stuff. And I said, no, you just don't understand. <laughs> don't ask me to be your muse because it never <laughs> ends well. So you are the beautiful side of the spectrum, 
And oh, you, you you write about what happens when it goes terribly right. Right? Yes. I yes. this is, is what happens if it doesn't. So this was my Uh-oh. what I wrote to him. <laughs> this is what I wrote for him when <laughs> when he said asked me, you know, we need to be in a relationship, you need to be my muse. So this was my take on it. Here you go. The muse. I want to lick your brain, taste your thoughts. I want inside your head so deep it hurts. I want to control you, chew you up, spit you out, spent. I am your muse, running sweet across your tongue. Swallow me, absorb sweet agony, I will abuse, make you beg on your knees, no release from the tease, crawl to me inside your mind, I will do with you as I please, no mercy shown lovingly, desperate you plead for more, all the while thanking me. I will become your every thought, your soul caught, and I will not set you free. You belong to me. My pulse pounding through your veins, awakening the untamed, giving birth to a passion inside of you that you never knew. A feeling so fierce It has yet to be named. There is no escape. Two steps from insane. Freed from yourself. Your thoughts. Mine. On demand. Your pen. Mine. To command. And I will write you dry. Nothing will go to waste. I will devour you with a slow burning haste. Tonight. I take you, mine. I taste you as I run my tongue across your mind. Tonight, I make you scream. You pushed your luck. You asked for a muse. Now, you're fucked. Oh. oh, there we go. So that's what happens when it goes terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> I, I just had to laugh because I had to because the contrast is just so amazing. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Say this, and this, and uh, I'll let you go. And that is uh, for me personally. You know, I do poetry. I use poetry to speak for me a little bit to at least get my foot in the door. And then my real personality, who I am, my name is Richard Richardson. That's, but my full name is Richard Armand Richardson. But you understand my poetry, I can get you in like, hey, okay, you do poetry. But then I let my personality, my true personality come out, and you'll see who I am. Richard Armand is an extension of me, but um, I use it just to get my foot in the door and then, you know, then you know the true me. And hopefully mm-hmm. you love me for me. 
and okay. you know go from there. Now yours, I, you know, it kind of went left somewhere. Like, <laughs> so I try to use it as a muse. <laughs> I took a really bad turn. It's like, don't ask me to be your muse. It never, ever turns out well. Right. I'm not going to do poetry so on the ugly. spot for you. <laughs> oh, I love that piece, though. That was a good one. <laughs> I'm so glad that you found your way here and you came on and you read tonight. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah. I really hope Thank that you. now that you've been here, you'll feel like you're part of the family and come back yeah. as often as you would like. I would love to hear more of your work. I absolutely Thank you. seriously consider it a Thank thrill to you. hear. Thank you so much. And again, my name is Richard Armand. It's A-R-M-A-N-D-E, Richard Armand. And thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your work as well. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to have nightmares now. <laughs> All right, Richard. We'll talk to you again soon, honey. Thank you. Okay. You have a wonderful night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 984. 984, you're on the air. Am I really? You are. That was quick. <laughs> What's going on, that sweetie? That was freaking shit. You know that that <laughs> the poem you just you described as muse is so relatively correct that people don't understand when you put your pen under the license of another individual, you're just basically you just basically sold yourself, and you don't even know it. You know, and it doesn't matter if you're in love because you can. You can get that love shit out of the news, and you can get that hurt shit, and you can get, you know, we'll drift into this, and we'll get it right, and we'll fix this, and, you know, but ultimately, when a muse is a muse, they're just there to fuck you around, you know, you and remember make you Jason. Fall. Remember Jason? Yeah, I do yeah, remember he, Jason. Yeah, he, he was who I wrote that for. He was the one that asked me, be my muse, be my muse. No, and like, no, I don't want to hear this. No, you don't understand. I will about, so mess you you're up. Talk, <laughs> you're talking about Jason from Blog from, uh, yeah, from Blog Talk yeah. Radio, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Me and him had a me and him had a, a personal, painful relationship. He was so fucking jealous of me because supposedly he was in love with... with he, he, I think he went around asking women to be his muse, and I, you know, I, I got this this girl when I first started Ten K Poets to become a host. She was one of the first hosts, and and then he started dogging me on Blog Talk Radio, stopping my shows, and you know, making it dysfunctional and shit like that. But yeah, I could see him doing that. He's that kind of person, you know, mm. where he's. Yeah, but you know, I don't want to talk about somebody behind his back. If he was on the show, oh, no, I, I just he knows well, I wrote that for him. I mean, he knows. He, yeah, I, he laughs about but it. But he doesn't know he, I'm he saying says, this to him, so no, so I don't want to. I, I don't want to talk about him behind his back. Yeah, yeah but uh, I I'm not a particularly likely fan of his by any means. Um, I think he's maybe a he phenomenal got the poet, probably one of the best spoken word poets. Well, here's for, what I was going to say. Maybe he got the poetry thing off of Blockhog Radio, conditioned to his own liking, you know. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, when, you know, I know when Ten K Poets rolled in, he just didn't like the apparatus of what we were doing because we were uncontrollable. You know, we were looking for. We were looking for very so, anti-socialist, uh, very political, very, uh, you know, just 
just bring it on with your negativity and, you know, just talk about, you I know, remember. and yeah. So you wanted but, all the asphalt know, poets over there. I wanted, I wanted all the street herd poets, people that just, mm-hmm. where yes. you could dig down deep and you could, you could read their blood when, when they heard you, when they heard, when you heard them speak, you know, and there were a lot of them. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. um, I miss them to this day, you know, but, you know, time passes and people pass away, you know, doesn't mean they're dead, but they're just gone, you know, that, and that's how it is with the muse. Bitch might be, you know, well, well, I'm going to say it like this in a, in a man's perspective. Bitch might be dead, but she's gone, you know? So, um, but that was an incredible piece. I've never heard that. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard you play that. But, uh, you know, I will make you crawl, you know, exactly, you know, because you're just looking for that one little singular aspect of, what you think she wants or he or that muse wants to hear so that they'll 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 consign themselves to you and it's never mm-hmm. gonna happen. You know? Not gonna and, and it doesn't bring peace, it brings You can never you can mom- it's hard to re- Yeah. 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 I get it. It's just <laughs> it's 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 despair is what it is, you know. I've had I've had my views in the last ten years. You know, and we had a lot of good things going on. We had a lot of bad things going on. And, you know, but ultimately in the end, you know, I don't consider it bad or good anymore. I just consider it as, you know, uh, I was looking for a muse and I paid dearly for it. And and I think she I think she did, too, because nobody comes whenever there is like a divorce or something like that. You know, people get divorced. There's no one person that's wrong, you know, that's or right. right. He said, she said yeah. the truth lies in the middle. Yeah, and uh, um, I've just had to condition my mind to, you know, like with this political shit that we've got going on right now, you know, I used to be a very, very anti-political uh, person. In other words, I didn't give a fuck what you were politicizing, you know. You were just a, you know, you're just another troll you know, looking for money, trying to build a big ship that would house, you know, whatever you wanted to build. And, you know, but now I look at it from a different perspective. If you're wrong, you're going to get, eventually shit's going to catch up with you, you know. And if you're right, um, you're probably never going to get noticed because right and wrong, they don't really go that, they don't have that dynamic of like, you know, what goes around comes around because if that was truly the case, um, some of the politicians that I've studied very, very in-depthly would have been dead a long time ago, you know, and they're still living, you know, and some of the people as well, you know. But um, that was a great piece. And so was, uh, what was his name, uh, Armand? Richard, Richard Armand. Yeah, Richard Armand. That was uh, that was some incredible, po- uh, incredible poetry. He probably isn't still on the line, but if he is, uh, Glenn still says uh, you're, you know, definitely uh, a fantastic poet, especially for for um, coinciding with a positive frame of mind. You know, so I told you I come back with like uh, end of my trilogy. Uh, my uh, yep. Yeah. Um, so let's see if I can get this. 
I just found this girl with this fucking hot tata. I've gotten into this hot summer girl phase, you know. Have you ever heard of that, like, frame? That framework, you know. It's been going around the world, you know. And uh, I think it was a song. But uh, so now, whenever I see this hot summer girl, because <laughs> summer is going to be over eventually. So, you know, I don't think you see many hot women in the wintertime. You might, you know. But uh, I know one I saw. She was had green eyes and wearing a a fur, and I'm not really into fur, but she was sitting in a restaurant talking about my old news. Just ridiculously beautiful. But uh, that's the only picture I've ever seen that I, like, uh, went, that's a friggin' winter hot summer girl, you know? But uh, let's go. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just one of those, one of those men that just, I just love women, you know? But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, take from that well I will take from them if they give but I won't take haphazardly nor will I I I'm not a pimp you know what I mean and I'm not a aggressor mm-hmm. but um um I think you I think you have to take those you know because if it's offered if you don't take it eventually it's just going to float away and I think I think women get pissed off when you don't take their love I really do I think they get I think they get like you know skeptical. It's like not eating like their cooking. Night. It's like not it's, eating their cooking. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I worked so you... hard on this, really, and you're not even gonna try it. <laughs> right. Oh, you're right. Not... <laughs> oh yeah. Have you ever heard that uh, that comedian? Um, what is her name? Uh, mm, Jesus. Uh, Cummings. Um, I want to say Murphy, but that's not her name. But she's. Uh, She's been in the game for a while, and she's done a she's done numerous stand-ups. Um, I forget Google this real fast, probably not. But uh, she's got that one of those uh, men's names, Mackenzie Mer- uh, Cummings. Whitney, but Whitney anyway, Cummings. Whitney, yeah, Whitney Cummings. What a back. Yeah, I, I just watched one of her her videos the other day, and um, this was like from 2010. I'm like thinking, holy shit, she must have just put this out because I just you know, I, I follow Joe Rogan, you know, and like you were talking about um, debating and stuff, I'd rather be a great moderator than a great debater. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to learn those lessons so that when I jump off the fucking market, I don't have to come back and learn that lesson uh, because I, I had fallacies in my life that wouldn't attend to that. So being a moderator versus a debater is really, really a difficult task because you know, you got to learn to just shut the fuck up, you know, and listen, you know, and that's a hard thing. You do it well on your show. Now, I don't know how you do it in personal life, you know, because I ain't come to your door, knocked on there, said, let's go catch a breakfast, you know, and then some dude pisses you off, <laughs> you know, but, um, but it is, it's a hard task. Um, so, yeah. All right, so let me see if I can get to this and get this over with. Life is the practice of patience. I've waited most of my life for you. The other life was turned and gone. No, turned and it was gone. Tell me, girl, what do I have to do to convince you I've waited patiently? I'm still waiting. I'll light a cigarette, die slowly. Cancer might be deadly. But patience is how it finds its next patient. And those years, although they came fast, 
they have a manner to not be concerned with the clock. Life is the vibe. When it all freezes, the lesson the lesson is do not rewind. Patience is Patience. the key to life. It's our path. If our path Hey, I'm hearing myself reverb here. Are you there? I'm here. I can hear you. You sound fine. Uh I I just I thought I could just got kicked off the block already. Patience is the key to life. If our paths don't turn clockwise, I'll see you on the other side. Everything about life is how to tap into how to learn slow patience. Never get wound up. Never fall apart. Never drive fast. Life is about how not to go the speed limit. This is called slow patience. My name is Hank Fantastic. Awesome on the end of your trilogy. Yeah, it is. So, anyways, you probably got some other people that wanna people that wanna get their their reading in. Their reading. Indeed, we do. Before you go, you have to tell everyone how they can find you again, Glenn. I already did that. Google me. Google him, Glenn Still. All right, Glenn. <laughs> we'll yeah. talk to you next week. I don't week, have Glenn. any books. I don't. Ha- I don't sell poetry, so I don't have any books to sell. Okay. Uh, uh, you know. So you know, just Google me if you want to read my poetry, and you know, first line then you'll probably go, "Oh shit, I can't do this one." You know. Anyway, love you, girl. See you later. Love you too. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right, bye. All right. So that was Glenn Steele. We have area code. 608, then we have 216, and then 513. If you want to come on the air, please press 1513. If you're here just listening, glad you're here catching the end of the show. If you change your mind, press 1. I'll be able to bring you on. That's 513. All right, let's go ahead and grab 608 and then 216. 608, you're on the air. Hey, Fuzzy Hermit in the woods. Fuzzy Hermit in the woods. How are you, baby? Stressed out. Don't be stressed out, little camper. No. <laughs> yeah. It just goes with the territory. How <clears throat> the summer. Good. Good. Um, big anniversary tomorrow. Tomorrow will be... Eleven years since I lost Merlin, my service dog for thirteen and a half years. Couldn't write. I couldn't find the other one, so I found this one. I always like reading something around the sixteenth of August. Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. It's today. It's the fifteenth, not the sixteenth. Wow, that's time for you. So, this one is entitled, How Can I Go On Without You? Every time I turn around, I see something which reminds me of you. When I go out to places we used to go, I think of you. I feel an ache in my heart, an ache in my soul. 
and I somewhat feel alone. How can I go on without you? No longer by my side, partners we were for so many years. You saved my life, and for this, I owe you my life, and I always will. I feel some sadness, however. I do my best to remember the memories we created together, which no one can take from me. And I remember and cherish our memories, our deep bond of friendship, and the unconditional love we shared. I promise you I will go on with all that we shared, sharing this with, sharing this with others, as I honor your life because you so honored mine with your daily presence and your soul which shine a bright light on my humble life. I will go on for you and for myself. This I promise to you and to myself. An honor I must sustain for the sacrifices you willingly made for me and for the sacrifices I've willingly made for you. To honor life, to honor both our lives. And poem. Beautiful poem, honey. Thank you. It's always a tough day. Yeah, I know. I can't believe I was so busy doing stuff that I was thinking it was tomorrow. Because well, you've got a lot to concentrate on right now. Yeah. I know one of the reasons why is because the breeders couldn't remember if he was born on the 15th or the 16th. And of February, he died exactly 13 and a half years after he was born. Because I always celebrated his birthday on February 15th. But it's been one hell of a summer, so I'm not going to beat myself up about it. No. And it's going to get better, so... I will call you probably yeah. tomorrow sometime and go over details. Okay. So okay. did you call him earlier this week? Call who? The letter people? No, I was Everything. on the mountain, remember? Well, we talked about that Sunday. I know, but it was Sunday, and I left Sunday. So I mean, right. they weren't open when. So no, I haven't talked to anybody yet. Oh, you know, you had mentioned on Sunday that you might call him on Tuesday this week. No, no, I haven't called. Okay, all right. So, everything good? So far, everything is just fine. Everything I haven't heard anything. So. Okay. Can you call me in the afternoon or? Um, my son's here, so I don't know. 
but I'll, I'll, I'll. Oh, he already you. got there. Off I the thought show. he was. Yeah, I, he's here. No, he's here. I thought he was coming tomorrow. No, he's here now. But I'll email you. Hi, Nihilus son. <laughs> <laughs> Ty. Ty. His name is Ty. All right. I will talk to you soon. Tell everyone how to find you, hon. Well, you can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. And put it in the Facebook search box, and you can find me there, along with a cool composite picture that Nyla made for me. And if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S., and has some cool art in it. It's on Amazon. Oh. Very cool. All right, my dear. I will talk to you tomorrow. Great job tonight. Okay. Thanks for sharing that with us, okay? All right. Thanks, Nyla. All right. You're welcome, Take baby. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All righty. So I want to let area code, once again, let area code 513 know that I see you on here, but you're, you have not pressed once. I don't know if you want to come on the air. So 513, if you want to come on, please press 1. If you're just listening, I'm glad you're here. Let's go ahead and bring on Mama Vicky Aqua and let her close out the show, it looks like. What do you have, Mama? Hello, yes. Uh, I was just calling back because I thought, you know, didn't have enough people to show up. You uh, don't, but you did. So um, I can do something else if you want me to. Well, you're out. here. Yeah, I, I I came back. My son came over, and I came up, came back, and um, I heard some beautiful poetry, and I heard your poem that you did. So it was pretty good. I'm glad I came back. I had company, and they left. Left. I missed some of them. I came back right in time. So um, I'll read something. It's called basically no. Skimming the surface of my mind. I can't go too deep sometimes. Days dangling on the outskirts of time. Too sane to live and too crazy to die. No longer enthused about complying with what's destined to be. Those polite, I can't stand you stares. Why can't you say what I wanted to hear, type smirk? Unmasked. Those questions that go unasked. Someone once answered a question that asked. When I questioned why, why not, they replied. So as we wait half-heartedly to fulfill our purpose, Feeling a sense of being sentenced to life in this life. Searching for reasons to perform in this perpetual circus. Too sane to live and too crazy to die. Too many answers and not enough questions. The answers I sought have outlived their needs. Once again, I am lost in the forest of Evil deeds, too sane to live and 
too crazy to die. Getting comfortable here is not a good feeling. Things once enjoyed now seem unappealing and appalling. Restless, anxious, that feeling of falling. I can't study my part. In fact, I'm about to dump this role. It is no longer moving in my heart. Too sane to live and too crazy to die. My life, a real life, is a ghost that I can no longer see. I must look far and wide to find the real me. Where I no longer dwell in this flesh. My thoughts are afloat. And my thoughts contain my soul. Too sane to live and too crazy to die. I stayed here too long. And I can't continue this lie. Don't give me answers if you don't know the question. Without my daughter, my laughter is weak. My outlook is blurry. My energy low. Still, I have a few questions, though the future looks... Whatever left undone in this unfinished script. My life, the real ghost that I can no longer see, must look far and wide to find the real me. Don't ask ask me questions if you're not prepared for the lesson. And don't blurt out answers if you don't know the question. Whatever's left undone in my unfinished script In my unfinished plans, I admit and regret they won't come to fruition. I've not finished them yet. I got caught up in time between a rock and a hard spot, trying to cope. Have I given up hope? Now you ask, are you basically happy in this life? Are you ready for the next life? Are you good to go? So back up to my opening line, skimming the surface of my mind. I can't go deep sometimes. I'm dazed, dangling on the outskirts of time. Am I ready to go to the next level? My basic answer is basically no. In peace. I absolutely love that, Mama. What a perfect perfect and powerful ending to the show. Thank you. You are absolutely welcome. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come over and visit with you, honey. Vicky Aqua, Facebook. Uh, Vicky Aqua, Poetry Soup. <laughs> and that's A-C-Q-U-A-A. I'm waiting on my rocks when you send me the notice from my address. And if you want me to make you some jewelry out of one of them and wrap them with wire, you better send me one that you want me to send you back. I found gold, (laughs) Mama. Well, send it here. Or send me something. I I want rocks, though. (laughs) With rocks in it? I mean, like, going Uh, through the rocks or just, like, pieces by itself? Both. Okay, well, you can hit me up the inbox from my address, and like I said, you want me to make something for you out of one of the pieces, and tell me which one is mine and which one is yours. 
send me send me your address. Just send me your address in in message, okay? Okay. All right. All right. And send me pictures. Love you, Mama. I want to see what you found. Okay, I, mean, I will do that. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, All right. Bye, Mama. All right. Ms. Vicki Aqua, Google her. She's amazing. All right, you guys, you've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Appreciate you all being here, both readers and listeners alike. Just an amazing night and uh, just awesome. Appreciate you all. You have no idea. Absolutely incredible. I'm going to end the show with an audio track like we always do by one of our poets. And I'm scrolling down because this is the one thing I did not have ready by the end of the show because I forgot. But we listened to we listened to that one last week. So I'm not going to play that one. No, 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 no. That one's 15 minutes long. We won't do that one. Let's do, we've heard this, we haven't heard this one in a while. Let's do Casey Rashu with Annie Oakley Writes to Sunny Owl. Here we go. So, uh, this year, little ditty, it's called Annie Oakley Writes to Sunny List. And for those of you who don't know, Annie Oakley was a gunslinger. And Sonny Liston was a heavyweight boxer who twice got knocked out by Muhammad Ali in his otherwise spotless career. So, uh, it's called Annie Oakley, right? No, it's also, it's also about a girl I once knew who, uh, used to be a good friend of mine. And I think we had a, we had a conflict of interest over, uh, my first husband. And, um, well, you see, I may or may not have broken her nose. So this is called Annie Oakley Writes and Sunny Listen. You'll get you'll get the drift. If your nose was a nickel, then my fist was a shotgun. But dimes to donuts says it wasn't, cause ain't a damn thing about you that shines aside from your black eye. You were tired, motherfucker. So I won't mince words. History will remember you for lying on your back. Your heavyweight belt makes for great target practice. I just Fan the hammer back, knowing that even blindfolded, my aim will keep. I've heard gunshots more eloquent than you, so stop asking for a rematch. Scrape together what's left of your dignity and get gone with your sloppy could have been. You ain't worth the precision of my trigger finger. 